0: It's wrong to criticize leaders of the church even if the criticism is true i have no doubt on the basis of what i have have studied and learned that mormons
1: including local leaders of our church were prime movers
0: in that terrible episode and participated in the killing some of them are a little darker, some of them have slant eyes. Pay, lay, hell. Pay, lay,
2: Pay, You beautiful girls, don't wander around looking like men. Put on a little lipstick now and then and look a little charming. <laughs> it's that simple. And if they have a catholic background? Y si tienen una, antecedentes católicos? They don't know who God is. No saben quién es Dios. They don't know who the savior is. No saben quién es el Salvador. Nor do they know who the Holy Ghost is. Y no saben quién es el Espíritu Santo. And we know. Y nosotros quién, sí sabemos quiénes, they are. quiénes son. Because Joseph. Porque José in the presence of the Father and the Son.
0: You're saying to them, bring your faith with you, right? Sure, You're not saying, leave your Catholicism. I say this to other people. You, you develop all the good you can. We have no animosity toward any other church. We do not oppose other churches. We never speak negatively of other churches. We say to people, you bring all the good that you have, and let us see if we can add to it. You all look alike, white shirts, some of them a little wrinkled, ties. I look at you, I look at your faces, and think of your age, and I'm inclined to say, well, you're not much to look at, but you're all the Lord has. <laughs> Each of us has to face the matter. Either the church is true or it is a fraud. There is no middle ground. It is the church and kingdom of God, or it is nothing.
3: Less than a year ago, right here in
1: Washington, DC, my friend killed himself. He was Mormon and gay. You've gone on record saying that the church does not give apologies. Does religious freedom absolve you from responsibility in the gay Mormon
0: suicide crisis? I think that's a question that will be answered on judgment day. I can't, uh, I can't answer that beyond what has already been said. Those things have to be judged by higher authority than exists on this earth, and I'm ready to be accountable to that authority. The rightness or wrongness of it, I'll be accountable to higher authority for that. That's the way I look on that one. And nobody is sadder about a case like that than, than I am.
3: I hit my companion.
1: Oh, is that all, I said in great relief. But I floored him, he said. After a little more uh, research into what had happened, my response was, Well, thanks. Somebody had to do it. And it wouldn't, <laughs> and it wouldn't be well for a general authority to solve a problem in that way. Now, I'm not recommending that course to you, my young friends, but I'm not omitting it. You must. <laughs> you must protect yourselves. Some suppose that they were preset and cannot overcome what they feel are inborn tendencies toward the impure and the unnatural. Not so. Why would our Heavenly Father? do that anyway we do not make an, a judgment about someone's attraction we don't know why that attraction came that way and if i haven't done well enough to teach it shame on me we are not passing judgment but we're not we're not making them
0: second-class citizens there are no homosexual members of the church marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of god so we do not discriminate and we are not bigots my wife is afraid I'm going to hit her with a bottle of water. <laughs> to do family
2: history, that's why I believe the computer came into existence. That's why God revealed, and it doesn't. You don't have to be a member of the church to have spiritual insight and promptings. The creation of that tool, com- the computer, and as soon as that surfaces for the purposes of God, what does the the devil do on the On the left side. Oh, he said, you're going to play that game? I'm in it. (laughs) I'll put on the internet filth. I'll put on ugliness. I'll put on spiritual destructive images. We'll call it pornography. It'll be awful. And anybody that goes there, I'll capture them. Dear brethren. We have reviewed the report of the financial operations of the Corporation of the President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
1: May each of us emulate the Prophet Joseph's great example. He taught the truth. He lived the truth. He shared the truth.
2: Bravo!
3: Hey, that is a bitch. To
4: the big show. Hey, no, 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 no. original root Boy, no, no, no. DJ Shacky, no, 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 no. well done, John Black. No, 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 no. Hey, man, esta que quiero conocerla, para que toda la noche ya conmigo pueda estar. Y tú, hey, en busca de otra para ti, para que te diviertas y podamos compartir. Hey, yo, dance.
5: Buddy, to Ex-Mormon Live. How y'all doing out there? As always, we are being broadcast live from the Mecca and Vatican of Mormonism all around the world. It's worldwide, all over the globe, wherever there's an internet connection on TuneIn Radio. You can listen to it on phones, TVs, refrigerators, Uh, Whatever you got, laptop, desktop, you can listen to. As long as you can access the internet and tune in radio, you can hear this show. So thank you, tune in radio. You're awesome. And we are broadcast to all 25 time zones around the world. And this is the show for Thursday morning, the 26th of July, 2018. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, depending on where you are currently located On the globe this uh, planet uh, this earth that we live on so far it's the only one we live on but you never know we might you know add Mars or some other planet at some point we probably need to Uh, you know at some point the earth will cease to exist it might be in a billion years or billions of years but there will come a day where the earth will no longer be uh, livable and so we'll have to relocate so hopefully uh, you know With all the years passing and all the technology that we'll create, that won't be an issue. For my great, 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 you know, grandchildren. Anyway, it is great to be here, guys. I really appreciate everybody out there listening, as always. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot going on here. So, this is my first week back after my hiatus, so I appreciate everybody tuning back in. Uh, Next week, I'm going to, you know, make the announcements and let everybody know that I'm back. Uh, this week I've just kind of done the shows for those who are on there listening and and there are always a lot of you out there, so I decided just to do it that way and then uh, you know, I kind of spent a week getting uh, getting back in the saddle and then next week I'll uh, make it formal and announce to everyone that I'm back. so anyway, it is uh, it's great. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, there's so much to talk about, so much to discuss. I mean, to be honest, when I was away, it was really hard because I I spent a lot of time, you know, looking at things and wishing I could talk about this and talk about that. And I just wasn't able to do it. So anyway, uh, it's great to have everybody here. So uh, the phone number to call into the show tonight or any night uh, when you want to call in with any comments or questions is 435-363-9665. Or you can simply remember 435-36-XMO5. Also, you can hit me up at uh hashtag xmo live well over on Twitter or simply at x Mormon if you want to be a part of the show but you don't want to call in a lot of people out there I get a lot of private messages and uh, private you know uh well messages on Twitter and Facebook and emails and from people that want to share things, but they don't want their voice to be out there and I completely understand that you know uh i mean i I've, I've chosen to remain anonymous but I've put my voice out there now for um god see that well yeah 13 years basically almost coming up on 13 years in the fall you know and that was a choice that I made um and so I'm willing to you know take that risk but uh that's what I'm doing you know but I understand those of you who don't want to do that that's fine I I get it but you can still be a part of the show you can still tweet you can leave messages you can email me you know whatever you want to do uh, is fine with me um Also, we do have a Facebook group, Ex-Mormon Live. I'm also Ex-Mormon Live on Skype, and I am Ex-Mormon Live on YouTube. I should add that. I don't know why I never say that. Um, And also, uh, we do have a a line where you can call in. Well, actually, I should say I'm Ex-Mormon Live at gmail.com as well, if you want to send me an email there. And then we do have a listener-only line for those who want to call in and listen to the show that way and you can listen to the station whenever you would like. Uh, X mormon Radio 24-7 is just that. It's 24-7, 365. It's on non-stop every minute of the year unless there's some type of outage or something. Uh, but, and then I break in you know, each night, Monday through Friday, or each morning to do the live show. But you can call anytime to listen to the station, to the show, and that number is 605- Five six two eight zero six four. Again, 605-562-8064. And take advantage of it. Uh, we, you know, it gets used uh, thousands of minutes a week. So uh, I'm glad that a lot of people are taking advantage of it. But I hope more will take advantage of it. You know, I mean, let's get ten thousand minutes a week. You know, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, why not? Uh, I mean, it's nice because you don't have to use any of your data, or if you don't have a Wi-Fi connection, you can still call in and listen to the station or the show anytime and a lot of us most of us now have unlimited minutes uh, which is nice so not everybody but I would say the majority of us do Uh, even some of the plans that are like month to month I mean they're offering unlimited minutes. Unlimited minutes used to be like the thing and now it's the data you know everybody wants the data so uh, we have a lot of data on our plan thankfully so I can tune in and listen I listen to X-Mormon Radio all the time when I'm on the go so All right, uh, well, here we are. Uh, Thursday is show number four this week. Uh, Again, uh, I'm really enjoying this, being back. I'm not really enjoying the topics I have to talk about. I never really do, but I enjoy bringing the show to you guys and and being able to help uh, educate the world on the fraud and lies and corruption and horrific deeds of Mormonism uh, from the beginning until now. I mean, it just seems to get... It would be just as bad or get worse, you know? Um, I mean, the one thing they've always stood for is hatred and bigotry. And that's, I mean, that is without any discussion. That is a fact. And I know there are Mormon apologists out there who like to argue, oh, we're not haters, we're not big... I mean, it's just so ridiculous. It's like, stop, all right? Stop. It's already been exposed. Everybody knows about the blacks. Everybody knows about the gays. So just fuck off and shut up. Anyway... <laughs> I mean, it's so ridiculous. I can't even believe that there are people out there at this point that will argue, we're not bigots. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, like in my intro, you know, you hear uh, fuck, uh oh God, I just forgot his name, uh, the earring, Bednar, you know, saying that, uh, you know, therefore we aren't bigots. It's like, uh, yes, you are, asshole. And then your wife's afraid you're going to hit her with a water bottle? Hmm, I wonder why she's afraid. Because you've probably done it so many times that she... When you hold up a water bottle, she's like, oh, fuck, you know, here we go again. He's going to hit me. It's like a dog with a newspaper, you know, you hit him. And then every time you pick up a newspaper, he expects you to hit him, right? Oh, God. I mean, how sick does it get, right? Anyway, I promised everybody a show. I've, ta- I've kind of hinted at it and, and mentioned it briefly and talked about it this week, uh, about the church's lawyer. A uh, real piece of shit uh, guy who they have basically brought him in to, um, to be the guy, the go-to guy on their sex abuse accusations and cases, right? Uh, David J. Jordan. J-O-R-D-A-N. Yes. Real piece of fucking shit you are, David J. J. Jordan. Um, I mean, this is their guy. This is their go-to guy whenever there's an accusation of sex abuse. This guy's a piece of shit. He loves to go after the victims because that's what the church always does. They go after the victims. They always want to re-victimize the victims. Always. Uh, And so he loves doing that. And I'm going to read some things to you tonight. And then uh, to confirm everything, to lock it down about how the church feels about sex abuse, I'm going to play a couple clips from Richard G. Scott, one of the biggest piece of fucking shits ever, Uh, you know, in my opinion, with what he had to say about uh, sex abuse, sexual abuse, and the victims, and the abusers, and I mean, this is a sick guy, you know, and and I'm gonna use my test that I always use. Uh, I've been mocked about, you know, over the years people have mocked me for it. Uh, But, I mean, I stand by it uh, without any doubt that I'm right, okay? Uh, One of the guys that mocked me was uh, Van Hale, you know, the Mormon apologist. Disgusting, revolting guy. Uh, he'll defend anything. I mean, he'll lie. My God, he'll lie. Oh, what? I've never heard of death penalties in the temple. What are you talking about? I mean, I don't know where they get this stuff from. I mean, the guy and, and he's so he's like so easygoing, so soft-spoken, but he's he's gutting you, you know, and with lies. Uh, anyway, he uh, you know he he disagreed with my philosophy here. So my philosophy is based on facts, uh, if the church says something, if they print it in their enzyme, it's doctrine. If it's on their website, if they've given a talk in general Conference, it's doctrine. Now, furthermore, uh, no matter how horrific the thing is that they've said, if you know, and even if it wasn't uh, you know, in a in a conference talk or an enzyme or whatever, but it was said, and it's on their, uh, you know, their, pages, their topic pages now, which is where they put all the essays. And they've confirmed that that is official, that it's been ratified and approved by the Big Fifteen. They all voted on it. So every essay on there, which I said for years, even when they hadn't said that, I said for you know, the year or two it was out, that, that it was official, obviously. You know, it's on the church's website on their topics pages. Anything on the church's website, folks, it's official. I don't even know why we have to have this discussion, but it is official. All right. Uh, so uh, basically, you know, if it's still there, I mean, like you've got, uh, you know, and, and that goes for like the BYU website. I mean, any tr- any official church website, uh, you know. But you've got like the day of the Lamanites, you know, where where Kimball is saying they're going to turn white, and you can already tell that some of the kids are several shades lighter than their brothers and sisters because they were in white placement program homes, you know. Uh, Sadly, many of them were getting raped and sexually abused. But, you know, of course the church doesn't give a fuck about that. They're trying to get that case thrown out saying that the Navajo Nation has no right to sue them because all the rapes happened in a different country, so therefore, fuck you, you know. I mean, it's incredible. And this David J. Jordan is, is part of that as well. He is their guy. He is their guy. When there is sex abuse going on and accusations, he's the guy they go to to fucking destroy the people making the accusations. Anyway, my point is, if it hasn't been uh, removed from the church's website, if it hasn't been deleted, if it hasn't been apologized for, if it hasn't, you know, there is no explanation for it, it stands as is. Period. It's facts. and, And the church is behind it. You've got... You know, the big 15 as postholes, you know, including the first presidency in that group. You know, I mean, there's fifth. I mean, I always thought there were 12 as but there's 15. You know, and then they make three of them the first presidency. I mean, that's their own creation. But, I mean, again, it, you know, why wouldn't they remove something? You know, I mean, I verified the other day that uh, Packers Little Factory Talk is still there. I believe they've removed the text. I'd have to verify that, but the video is there. Now, years ago, when I posted it on my websites, I posted links for everyone, like directly to the church. Like, There's nothing they could do about it. I'm like, look, here's a link to the low-quality video. Here's a link to the high-quality video. Here's a link to the PDF. Here's a link to the page with all the links. And guess what? That all got removed because I posted it. And it got, you know, hundreds of thousands of hits. And so they were like, oh, fuck, you know, they took it down. I didn't see anybody else linking to it or posting to it. Maybe they did, but I was the most prominent person that ever posted to that straight off of the church's website. They got a lot of attention. And then I talked about it on my show. I tweeted the links. I put them on Facebook. I put them everywhere. Uh, but now there appears to only be you know one page. I, don't, I think I'll have to verify if the direct link to the low-quality video still works. I'll have to look and see. I don't know if it does, but I know that the video is still there, but it's kind of... Yeah, you have to literally just look up the talk uh, by the name and they've actually changed the name uh, but it's still there so uh, it's official they're okay with the little factory talk they're okay about a grown man talking about little boys penises his little factories and talking about uh, if you think somebody's gay and they might be coming on to you go ahead and punch him and knock them down you know I mean that's a, a hate crime a physical assault uh, they promote that they're okay with that so You know, quit telling me how much they love the gays and all that stuff. Uh, You know, I I find it very funny also um, that, you know, last year uh, I really went after, like, Dan, Wren, LDS, and Tyler Glenn for accepting the endorsement of the church. Because they felt like they couldn't even have that concert without that endorsement. You know, it's like, come on, guys. Just be fucking men and stand up and say, we're going to do this concert without you, man. We don't want your endorsement. So, ironically, this year, they didn't get the endorsement. Hmm, I wonder why. Proving everything that I said was true back then, right now, they hate the gays and they weren't going to endorse this concert because it's continuing to grow. But guess what? It's too late, man. The cat's out of the bag and they're, uh, you know, it's going to fill up. They're probably going to sell thirty, thirty-five thousand 35,000 seats for a Saturday. You know, and it's, I mean, it's going to be huge and there's no endorsement by the church. so. You know, again, like, like, they couldn't have done it last year without the endorsement? Come on. Um, so, I mean, again, I'm glad the church didn't endorse it. They were asked to endorse it, and they just gave, like, a, a standard statement that I read earlier in the week about, you know, like, we, we try to promote love for everyone and acceptance. and I mean, all lies. All lies, as I talked about it then. So, anyway, this uh, David J. Jordan is a real piece of shit. So, the things that are going on right now... Um, you know, going on with the sex abuse, of course, uh, there's a, a big case going on, as everybody knows, with McKenna Denson, who was uh, sexually abused and raped in the MTC. I mean, that's her, that's what she claims. She claims she was raped. I have no reason to doubt her story. I've listened to the tape. I'm sure most of you have. Uh, right before I did this show this morning, that tape was playing for people uh, to listen to. And, you know, it's, it's really amazing. In fact, I had to break into it to start the show. But it's amazing how, you know, everyone is, like, attacking her. Like, that was wrong of you to record him in private. You know, I mean, the Mormons, you know, going nuts about this shit. But a lot of stuff went down with this whole thing, you know. And uh, what is happening right now with that case is the church is trying to get the case thrown out. And, again, they don't care about guilt. Uh, And and I've also heard the latest with uh, Bishop, um, you know, basically that he, Joseph Bishop, is still a member of the church. Like, he hasn't been punished. I mean, it's like, they brought him in, they said at one point, and said, did you do this? And he said, no, and they said, go on your way, you're good, man. You know, pat on the ass and rock and roll, baby. I mean, so all you got to say is no. I mean, they don't even care. They don't investigate. I mean, they don't investigate uh, anything when one of their own is being accused uh, the only one that they would investigate is the accuser you know they want to destroy the life of the accuser but you know they don't want to look into whether the guy actually did it or not uh, why would they do that i mean he's he's one of the the stars of the penis hood you know he's a mission president mtc president my god i mean he's big time so the last thing they want to do is find out that he actually did it i mean what about the dude in uh... puerto rico you know the mission president who was apparently It sounds like he was banging the sisters. Uh, Was he? I don't know. I mean, something was going on. He made him uncomfortable, and uh, he got released because of it. Never heard about that. That just came out recently because somebody came forward and talked about it. I mean, the church is covering up so much, so many things, so much sexual abuse. Um, I mean, I think the latest number is like over 400 cases have been reported now uh, since like the 50s until now that's a lot man that is serial sexual abuse in the church so anyway um, i'm just gonna read you know some some of these articles that are going on here because uh, again the headline on uh, july 18th in the desert news was judge considers motion to dismiss suit against ex-mtc president lds church alright so again this uh... jordan guy and i mean he, he doesn't care about guilt uh, I mean this dude we, he wakes up in the morning and he looks in the mirror and he's like, God, I cannot wait to win a sex abuse case guilty or not I can't wait uh, I mean he loves sex abuse he's making a lot of money off of this sex abuse shit you know i mean he's he's excited about this uh i'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to tweet his picture out at some point this week and I'll give a link to his profile and everyone can take a look at him but Anyway, I wanted to just go through this article here, and then the the one I really want to cover is, uh, well, there's actually a couple, but there's this one, and then there's another one uh, about uh, uh, McKenna Denson's daughter, and about a a, a hit piece the church put together on her, a dossier, and for those who think that you can come out and use your real name, And and then the church isn't going to come after you and do everything they can to gut your life and destroy you. You are naive as a baby. I mean, wake up. That's what the church does, man. They want to destroy you. They want to obliterate you. They want to fucking gut your life. They want to. I mean, if it was still back in the 1800s, they'd kill you. I mean, they just. They you know. Too bad they don't have the day nights. You know, legalized uh, today, right? I mean, that's what they wish they could do. They they'd be doing mountain meadows massacres of uh, anyone that accused them of anything. I mean, uh, it's just un- you know unfortunate for them in their minds that the laws change and don't allow murder anymore, or uh, you know slitting necks and disembowelment and uh, you know uh, <laughs> whatever else they did to people, the torture uh, and death and you know castration and all that shit that they used to do. Here in Utah, yeah, they're just like, damn it! Why did those laws have to change? You know, they should have just remained independent, and not become a state. You know, then they could have just kept killing people and and uh, you know committing massacres and and crimes against humanity. Um, why not? But anyway, we live in the modern times now, so it's not as easy for them to uh, hire hitmen to kill people, and it would be a little obvious. You know, if somebody comes out against the church and. Every time somebody comes out against a church, they get killed. I mean, you know, people would figure that out really quick. And so it's kind of, especially in the modern age with, you know, all the, uh, with the internet and technology and, you know, all that, people would be like, oh, uh, that's like the third person in a row that just got killed when they criticized the church. I wonder who's killing them? Hmm. So they kind of have to back off and say, fuck, you know, let's get lawyers and let's uh, lawyer up and get our teams together and pay out millions of dollars to... Uh, fight these crimes so that we don't lose tens of millions or hundreds of millions or billions. Um, so that's what they're doing. It's just a money, it's a money thing. They're trying to figure out the cheapest way to, you know, fight it. And so the cheapest way for them is to go after the victims, and try and destroy them, discredit them, go through their whole life with a fine-tooth comb, find out everything they've ever done, talk about their church discipline. I mean, and how did the how did this lawyer Jordan? How did he get hold of her you know her church activity like you know how did he get access i mean i mean we know the answer but i mean speaking from like oh that's private and that's personal like they always say how did jordan the lawyer get get hold of her personal records and her discipline records oh and besides that i mean i thought that if you repented of your sins that they were white as snow and they were erased and but that just proves again that the church keeps a permanent record on everybody Uh, You know, showing anything you've ever confessed, anything you've ever done. Uh, And then again, you know, he went into her criminal records. I mean, how many speeding tickets she got. Whatever it was. Anything legal, they went into that. I mean, this guy was trying to just fuck her up, man. And it's all in an effort to discredit her because she is getting so much attention and so much credit. And people are like, hey, you're so brave. Thank you. You know, thank you for speaking out. And it's given courage to other people to speak out. And so the church is like wow we gotta nip this in the bud let's go ahead and destroy her but what they don't understand is that all it does is make people respect her more it makes people think the church is a pile of shit, which it is um, that they have no morals or values which they don't and so people are just basically uh, seeing the church for even more of what it is like the church i, I mean, i'm glad they don't get it you know uh, it's sad that they have to do such terrible things that have such a terrible impact on people But I guess the end result is they're exposing themselves more and more and showing the world just how vile they are. So, but uh, the sad part is they're leaving victims along the way, just like Mountain Meadows, you know? I mean, uh, (laughs) and then they go and pick the bodies clean, you know? Hey, let's go take their jewelry and their clothes, and oh my God, I mean, this is sick. So anyway, uh, again, I just want to give huge kudos to... You know, everything that uh, she has done and she has said, I mean, it, it's amazing to me just how much strength that it would take to come forward and admit, you know, what happened to you and everything that's gone on. So McKenna Denson, you're my hero. You're awesome. Keep fighting right here on x Woman Live. We're going to fight for you. Um, I'd love to have you on the show sometime. I'm not sure if it's the right format for you, but uh, you know, if anybody knows her and you're listening to the show, I mean, I you know, I'll reach out to her as well. But if anybody else wants to reach out to her, uh, I'd love to have her on the show. I mean, she is really awesome. So anyway, uh, let's go ahead and talk about this article here. Um, and again, you know, she's fighting the effort to toss her sex assault lawsuit. Uh, but you, you're going to keep hearing this name being mentioned in the articles that I read, and and again, it's David J. Jordan. I just I want to keep saying his name, David J. Jordan. Piece of shit. All right. Uh, here we go. Um, it says a uh, and again, it's entitled, A Judge Considers Motion to Dismiss Suit Against Ex-MTC President and the LDS Church. And basically, it talks about how you know the church just says, hey. It's too, been too long, the witnesses are dead, and I, I don't know if this is... I, I might have to find that article. If this isn't it. I got, I'm not sure if this is the one I'm thinking of, but... Um, there's one. Let me uh, let me verify here real quick. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I think this is the one. This is the article. Oh, no, it is. I read it to you guys. Anyway, I'll get through it as quick as I can here. It says, a Colorado woman who alleges a Missionary Training Center president raped her in 1984, should have raised her pending legal claims more than 30 years ago, LDS church lawyers told a federal judge Wednesday. But McKenna Denson said she only learned about Joseph L. Bishop's alleged sexual past past and the church's alleged attempt to hide it in December of 2017. Did I know that he raped me? Yes. Did I know that the church covered it up? No. Did I know that Joseph Bishop had already reported his sexual predation and his sexual addictions to a general authority before that? No. Denson said after an hour-long hearing in U.S. District Court. Denson claims Bishop of Chandler, Arizona, raped her while she was a missionary at the Provo-based MTC in 1984. Bishop has denied the allegations. And you guys can download the audio over on uh, Mormon Leaks. You know, you can download that and listen to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I could make a link available to it, but I'm going to let them, you know, have that uh, honor. And all, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, talked about it, done, a sh- done shows on it and all that, so. Uh, Denson55 is suing Bishop and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for... Sexual assault and battery, negligent and intentional infliction of emotional distress, fraud, fraudulent non-disclosure, and fraudulent concealment. So she's going after him for a lot of things. Good for her. The church and bishop asked Judge Dale Kimball, oh boy, I wonder if there's any relation to uh, the, uh, you know, uh, Spencer Kimballs. It's probably like one of his sons. I mean, who knows, man. This stays so fucking connected to the church. Anyway, Dale Kimball's, uh, to discuss, I'll just call him Kimball until I find out if he's related, to to dismiss Denson's lawsuit because the statute of limitations on her sexual assault claim expired in 1985, one year after the alleged rape and her emotional distress and fraud claims expired in early 1988. So again, you know, here we go. The church. I mean, I, I love how, you know, even the Deseret News is saying the church. The church is asking for this. It's not like some independent lawyers or it's the church. (laughs) It's the church. Uh, I mean, they're being honest. I mean, they probably don't even realize how bad it looks. But I mean, what else could they say? Uh, Some lawyers in court today. I'm surprised they didn't try that. Uh, Kimball, who asked a few questions during the hearing, took the arguments under advisement and said he would issue a written decision in due course. So who knows when that will be. We have confidence that the court will ultimately reach a Just resolution in this case. You know, wink, wink. That's what the LDS church attorney, David J. Jordan, said in a statement after the hearing. God, man. This guy, I mean, I don't even know how he can wake up and look in the mirror and want to, uh, you know, even see his face. I mean, he's such a revolting, disgusting man. Oh, you know, so again, I'm guessing that this judge, I guess I should look him up. I haven't taken the time to look up this judge. Dale Kimball. Judge Dale Kimball. I mean, let's let's see if he graduated from BYU. Let's just look. All right, I'm just going to look real quick. I won't, you know, take too long here. But let's go ahead and see what, what his history is here. Dale A. Kimballs. He's 78 years old. Provo, Utah. He's born in Provo. Oh, education, Brigham Young University. There you go, folks. I mean, what a shock, huh? What a fucking shock. Let's see if there's got any connection here. Uh, and see, so he grew up on a dairy farm in Draper. He graduated uh, magna cum laude from Brigham Young University. Um, and then he went on to other schools. Um, and see, so he began legal practice in Salt Lake City. and he, And then he became a. Full-time law professor. Oh, at BYU's J. Reuben Clark Law School. There you go. This guy's Mormon through and through. So, what do you think? Um, I think it'll get dismissed. Probably so. Um, Wow. Unbelievable, man. Um, Let me just keep looking here. Uh, Let's see. Let's see if there's anything else here that we could talk about. Um... I mean, they ought to mention whether he was a bishop or you know, but yeah. Anyway, Utah Gospel Mission. What was this one here? Anyway, he's had a bunch of cases. So, so this guy's as Mormon as it gets, man. Diehard Mormon. He's probably a high priest, probably been a bishop or a state president, or you know, he's at least in the higher ranks in the church. You know, they know that he's their guy. You know, I mean, who knows. But it's just amazing to me that, you know, uh, basically it says, uh, you know, the church's attorney, David Jordan, says to the Mormon judge, Dale Kimballs, we'll call him Kimballs now, uh, we have confidence that the court will ultimately reach a just resolution in this case. Wink, wink. In other words, uh, you better do what we fucking tell you to do, judge. Right? I mean, I, I just can't see it any other way. I mean, that's my opinion. Do you think they're really going to expect this judge to rule in favor of the woman who's accusing the church of sexual assault. No, no. I, I, I don't see it. I'm sorry, folks. I, I hope I'm wrong, please. I hope that, that he does the right thing, but we'll see. Uh, Jordan contends Denson knew after the alleged rape the bishop wasn't safe, honorable, and trustworthy. Well, guess what, Jordan? So did the fucking cult, because she went to the church and told them, and they didn't do a fucking thing about it. So what about your church knowing that he wasn't safe, honorable and trustworthy. Do you give a shit? No, you don't. Um, It's unbelievable. Uh, As she said, yeah, in her lawsuit, she believed by virtue of his position at the MTC president. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Yeah, as she said in her lawsuit, she believed by virtue of his position as MTC president. All those things she knew, and so did the church, Jordan told the judge. I mean, of course he's not mentioning, and we knew it too. But we didn't do a fucking thing about it. Hopefully this judge can figure that out. But again, I mean, you know, if the church is threatening the judge, hey, you're going to lose your eternal family. You know, you better do what we tell you. You're going to be excommunicated or we're going to cut you off, you know. I mean, anyway, he said she had every right to file a claim as early as 1984 when she says she was abused. Yeah, while she was on her mission, right? Uh, Bishop's attorney, Andrew Dice, said Denson knew Bishop wasn't a godly man after he told her in the MTC about past sexual encounters with his wife and other women. So again, uh, here we have his attorney which is being funded by the church, I'm sure, telling her, his personal attorney, telling her that or, or admitting to the court that she knew that he was a piece of shit and he wasn't a godly man because he told her about past sexual encounters with his wife and other women. So, the, so again, the, the, in the church, you should have known this, right? I mean, and let's talk about the spirit of discernment, okay? But let's just say the bishop didn't ever tell anybody any of this stuff. You know, he just told the women he was sexually assaulting and abusing. Um, what happened to the spirit of discernment? I'm confused. I, I thought you guys would know this automatically. Like, you, you pretend to know if we're masturbating or not. You pretend in the temple that you know if there's somebody in the room that's unworthy. And those are just temple workers. They're just like low rung nothings compared to the Big Fifteen or a 70 or a mission president, right? And so if if you pretend to know whether somebody has done something nasty and is, you know, a sinner in the temple with regular temple workers or a mission president, I mean how would you not know what a mission president was doing? I mean this just proves again that there is no spirit of discernment, that they're full of shit. They're liars and frauds, you know, and so, and then when it becomes a legal argument, they're like, well, he was a piece of shit, you know, and she knew that he was a piece of shit. Oh, my God, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Uh, Dice told the judge that the statute of limitations can feel harsh, (laughs) but the rights of the accused must be taken seriously, and the rights of the accuser. Uh, Bishop, he said, is 85 years old. A key witness is dead, documents are gone, and memories fade or change over time. So, hey, let's just let it go, man. Craig Vernon, Denson's attorney, argued that Denson and Bishop are alive, as is Elder Robert E. Wells, a now 90-year-old general authority of the church, to whom Vernon said Bishop confessed his sexual sin, so he actually did confess, in 1977. So, again, going back to the arguments of the lawyers against Denson, uh, the church, that she knew, well, guess what, motherfuckers? So did you! Because it was confessed in 1977. Do you think that Robert E. Wells didn't tell anybody else? I'm sure he did. I'm sure they all knew, but, you know, and then he gets called to be a mission president and then an MTC president from 83 to 86, and then the president of Weaver State College, you know, he was in the 70s. But, I mean, after he confessed all of his sexual things, he was still called to be the MTC president. So, so who knew who he was and what he was, and who allowed him to be put in as the MTC president? Robert E. Wells and everybody else that knew, uh, and he was a general authority of the church. God, man. I mean, this is unbelievable, and they're going to sit here and argue? Oh, well, we, you know, well, she knew, she knew, she knew. Yeah, and you knew, you knew, you knew. You know, but yeah, he's 90 years old now. He lives in Vegas, Robert E. Wells. Um, See, he, uh, I mean, he's emeritus general authority now, but he was called in 76, uh, born in Vegas. Uh, See, he went on a mission to Argentina. Hey, me too. How about that? Um, And then, uh, let's see here. He, uh, his wife, I guess, died when the airplane, she was piloting crashed in bad weather in Argentina. And then two years later, he got remarried. Notice they always get married quick, man. They don't worry about it. It's like, hey, I get a polygamous wife. Sweet. Um, anyway, then he was called. Uh, let's see here. He was a church's uh, general. He worked in the general purchasing department. And then by the end of this time, he was the head of the purchasing department in 76. And then in February 77, let's see, he was called as a regional representative uh, in several Latin American countries. In 76, he became a member of the first quorum of the Seventy, and he held that position until 1997. So, basically, 30 years. I'm sorry, 20 years. Hello. <laughs> 20 years. Hey, what can I say? It's, uh, it's late, early, however you want to look at it. But then he was made emeritus uh, general authority in uh, 96 uh let's see he, uh, in 77, he took up residence in Santiago as a church representative for Chile, Argentina, Paraguay, and Uruguay. So it would make sense that you know she talked to him. I believe her. From '98 uh, to 2001, uh, Wells was president of the church's Santiago Chile temple. Wow. So he even became a temple president. Uh, has seven children, including Charlene Wells. Oh my God, Miss America from 1985. There you go, folks. Charlene Wells' papa. He knew about all this sex abuse in the 70s and didn't give a fuck. And neither did anyone else. Wow, imagine that. I had no idea. I'd never looked him up before. I had no idea that Charlene Wells was his daughter. <laughs> oh boy. this Again, like I said, man, the connections are everywhere. I mean, it's just like a, an underground sewer, and it's all connected, and, you know, everywhere, in every direction. Um, wow. Oh, my God, man. That's, that is uh, not good. Okay, so Robert E. Wells, pretty serious dude. Um, you know, all kinds of, I mean, for, for being in the church and a GA and a temple president, I mean, that's big, you know? So, uh, anyway, the lawsuit claims that Denson made ten reports. Ten! about the sexual assault of various leaders over the years without learning if any investigation had taken place. She was stonewalled, she was stonewalled, she was stonewalled, Vernon said in court. Denson posed as a reporter to confront Bishop last December when she said the former MTC president told her about his sexual history and addiction. Her interview became public when a website released their taped conversation and its 76-page transcript. And I recommend everybody listen to the tape and go through the transcript, you know, and, I mean, really listen and read what went down in that interview. I have spent a lot of time going over it, so. The suit asks for a jury trial seeking damages for loss of earnings and to pay for medical and legal expenses. It also asks that a jury direct the church to change its policies ...about sexual assault reporting. (laughs) The church is like, fuck no, man. We like the way we do things. We love covering this shit up. Come on. We don't want to change that. So here's Jordan again. Again, uh, David J. Jordan. keep saying his name for you. He told the judge, The courts are not enforcers of internal church policies, but are enforcers of law. He said that would entangle the court in in a church's religious policies... And free speech issues. Oh, you know this is not the article I wanted. There's there's something in another article I've got to find. Uh, Denson lawyer Jeff Orrit said after the hearing that fraud, uh, fraud, let's see, fraud, fraudulent concealment, and negligent or intentional infliction of emotional distress are matters of law the court enforces. I mean, it, it's so amazing. I mean, Jordan says that they're the the courts are not enforcers of internal church policies but enforcers of law well yeah and i think it's breaking the law you dumb fuck if you don't report sexual abuse i mean you know that this guy did this to her but you're just going to let it slide and then of course he says that would entangle the church the court in a church's religious policies and free speech issues so now it's like free speech issues um, and religious policies that she can re-say, hey, the mission MTC president raped me, and then the church can say, well, we can't report it because we have free speech. I mean, this guy's a fucking buffoon. I mean, but I'm sure this judge, if he's diehard in the church, is eating it up. I just hope he has a moral compass and does the right thing. I keep saying that because I I just have this bad feeling that, you know, he's just going to toss it out and be like, we're done, which will make perfect sense. I mean, you know, anyone that's Mormon, that went to BYU, that taught at BYU, they should recuse themselves from this case. We need someone that can honestly judge this case as a normal person in the real world, you know? But that's Utah. That's Utah. That's how it happens here. That's what goes on. God, man, it makes me so mad. Oh, shit. Now i got to find this other case real quick. Um... Let me look real fast and, uh, and I, I've got to try and find this because there was a really important um, thing in there that I needed to read to you guys. I think it was a quote by Jordan. Um, let's see here. Oh man, I'm wondering if I, I might have posted it somewhere. Let me uh, let me just look really quick here. Um, let's see. i got to see if I posted this or not. I hope I did. Uh, I don't know if I did, but let me just look here really quick. Uh, Yeah, and I mean, I I read a really disgusting story the other night. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, this stuff is crazy. Ah, shit, I don't think I did there. Okay, I thought it might be there, but it's not. Okay, so back to, uh, just give me one moment here, and I hate to do this during the show, but i got to try and find this real quick. Let's see if this is it. LDS Church seeks to dismiss sexual abuse case. It's in the, uh, ironically, it's in the Daily Well, the Herald Extra um, paper. And let me just, I mean, there's a lot in here, but let me just go down here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it says, all, let's see. The, the church says all five causes of action or accusations in Denson's case are subject to either a three-year or four-year statute of limitations. The five causes she is implicating the church in includes, again, sexual assault, negligent infliction of emotional distress, intentional infliction of emotional distress, common law fraud, and fraudulent concealment. Ms. Denson's first three causes of actions are subject to Utah's catch-all statute. Although a defense based on statutes of limitation is considered an affirmative defense, they may be asserted in motion to dismiss under circumstances like the ones here, the church legal document says. The church believes her time to bring those claims expired long ago. Uh, let me see if this is the quote I want to read you guys. Um, let's see here. Church, well, let me just read this. Church attorneys concluded the purpose of statutes and limitations is clear. They are legislative expressions of public policy that encourage potential plaintiffs to bring their actions promptly before the causes get stale from lost evidence or faulty memories. Here, Ms. Denson waited decades to bring the causes of action in the complaint, and they are time barred. As a result, the court should dismiss this action without prejudice. Without prejudice. Um, so, let's see here. Uh, I like what her, what uh, Denson said. Uh, she stood hand-in-hand hand with other survivors of abuse to call the church to change its policy and culture surrounding sexual assault. Right now, she said, the gates are open and, this, and a tsunami is coming. I love it. I hope she's right, you know, and not that I want there to be a bunch of people that were sexually abused, but the fact is there were a lot of people that were sexually abused that haven't ever come forward. And so now would be the time. Come forward. Everyone together, you know, hold hands, come forward, and let's expose this goddamn cult. Um, so, yeah, they, they want, see, and that's the thing, you know, whenever there's sexual abuse, they are directed to call the church's hotline to get advice. Not directed to call the local police immediately, but to call their hotline so they can figure out the best way to go about concealing and covering up the case. That's a fact. That is a fact. Um, so, there, the lawsuit calls for policy changes within the church, encouraging church leaders to call police rather than the church's helpline if a member alleges sexual assault. Um, yeah, and also, I mean, this is like uh, no-brainer stuff. The lawsuit also says church members accused of sexual misconduct should be removed from exposure to potential victims. Hell yeah! But, I mean, they leave them in the position. Like, they're like, oh, did you, did you do it? No, no, Ms. no, I did not. Mr. Bishop, uh, did, you, did you fondle her breast? Did you rape her? No, I did not. Okay, you're good to go. Go back and teach the primary, dude. I mean, they don't give a fuck about the victims or other future victims. Um... So, Denson told authorities, he tried to kiss her in a room before forcibly undressing and raping her. Um, let's see here. So, let me scroll down. There was a... Let's see. Please tell me this is the article I'm looking for here. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then again, BYU has their own police department. We've talked about that here on the show. And when they're, they act as law enforcement, you know, they're... Uh, they're real police officers, um, which some universities do that. But it's ironic. I mean, the church does it, so it makes it worse because they're trying to conceal crimes. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, the, and then the church, you know, tried to argue that they're exempt from the state's government records access and management act, as the police force is part of a private university. So, oh my God, I mean, they have their own police force. But once again, but we're exempt. We don't have to play by the rules. We can do whatever we want to do. You know, it's just incredible, man. Oh, let's see here. BYU respects the judicial process, but we're disappointed by this preliminary decision, said Todd Hollingshead, a spokesperson for BYU, at the time of the ruling. The court said in today's minute entry that it expects to issue a detailed ruling and order in the next few days, BYU will wait until that order is, is issued to determine the next steps. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Uh, until the ruling, BYU officers could stop, search, and arrest like state police officers, but do not, did not face the same transparency requirements. So, so they can basically, I mean, they are literally like running a North Korea in Provo. I mean, you have these officers, they can stop, search, and arrest you. You know, they could, just like state police officers with no transparency requirements. So literally they can do whatever they want to you and not be held accountable. So, uh... It's amazing. It's amazing. Alright, so... That, again, not the damn article I'm looking for. Shit. I gotta find this one, man. Okay. Hopefully this is it. I think I found it. Okay, again. I'm not gonna read the whole article. I just wanna skip to this part. Um... Let's see. Her, uh... Let's see, who said this here? Uh, they, this is about sexual predatory behavior and victim shaming and people not feeling like they have a voice, but they have a voice, she said after the hearing. And here we go. Church attorney David Jordan, David J. Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, said court shouldn't decide how religious, de- how religious leaders deal with such complaints. And again, it's that statement where he said, uh, "No, no church owes an obligation." Yeah, listen to this: No church owes an obligation to a plaintiff who is claiming sexual assault to take disciplinary action. So, wow. I, I mean, what is he talking about? So, no church owes an obligation to a plaintiff. So, somebody's accusing the church of being sexually abused, and David J. Jordan, piece of garbage piece of shit says no church owes an obligation to a plaintiff who is claiming sexual assault to take disciplinary action. I mean that is just incredible. I mean even if it's true what if what if you've actually done the investigation and you know that your Mormon church leader has raped somebody like many bishops have done and even uh, you know a general authority at least one um, but, I mean, no church owes an obligation to the plaintiff to take disciplinary action against the person. I mean, that is incredible because she's she's claiming, you know that that she reported it at least ten times uh, over the past three decades, but the church failed to take disciplinary action. He's like, "Well, why should we? You know, if she reported it, and I mean, what if like a hundred women came forward and said, "This guy raped me in the MTC?" And then you're going to go, well, we have no obligation to take any disciplinary action against this guy. You know, it's like, look, man, I, I've got the semen on my dress. No, 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 no. We don't know any obligation to... I mean, it wouldn't matter what evidence the church had, what proof they had. They don't know any obligation to the person that their leader raped to take disciplinary action against him. Absolutely mind-blowing to me. Um... And so the church has said the bishop wasn't punished because he denied the allegation and church members could not verify them. Wow. I mean, it's just amazing. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, so again, they, they are like, well, she should have sued sooner. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, it, it sounds like there's a catch-all rule. Uh, there's different things in play here. If it was as simple as the statute of limitations, it would have already been dismissed. So we'll just have to cross our fingers and our toes and hope that the Mormon BYU grad, former BYU employee judge, uh, does the right thing. But my guess is he won't. So I, I, I just don't, I don't have any confidence or faith that a Mormon is going to have a conscience and do the right thing if it means going against the church, period. Um, let's see here. uh let's see if there's anything else in this article that I should read. Um Let's see. One needs to take the rights of the accused seriously, said Andrew Dice. Uh, yeah, he's now an 85-year-old man who may not be able to fully defend himself. You know, that hasn't stopped us from tracking down the, you know, the, uh, the Nazis that helped uh, mass murder the Jews and gas the Jews when they've relocated around the world. I mean, have you heard the stories about how they found him and they're 85, 90, 95 years old, and they find him and they arrest him and they lock their ass up? You know, because they should spend every last moment of their pathetic lives suffering and misery in prison. You know, so that that's just bullshit. Oh, he's 85 now, and he may not be able to fully defend himself. Sounded fine to me in the recording. There were a couple moments there where he, you know, might have not had the sharpest memory or whatever, but... He sounded fine to me. He had a, what, a two-hour and 40-minute interview with her? So, uh, yeah. And, and he'd just come out of the hospital, too, so maybe he was still, like, recovering a little bit from his surgery, and maybe that's why he had some memory issues or something. Who knows? But, um, wow. But she didn't know, guys. She didn't know it was covered up. She thought they had taken care of it, and she found out they hadn't. So, um, But his uh, his acts, his, his confession are about acts of sexual predation I mean he knew he's gonna do this so anyway I'm glad I found that. I just wanted you guys to hear that so just keep in mind always remember that according to David J Jordan the church's go-to guy for sexual abuse and sexual assault accusations against the one and only true church on the entire planet run by Christ who calls bishops that are pedophiles state presidents who are pedophiles general authorities who are pedophiles MTC presidents who are pedophiles, just keep in mind that even if he did it, even if he does rape the women, uh, that the church does not owe an obligation to the plaintiff who is claiming sexual assault to take disciplinary action. So there you go. I mean, they're actually admitting that they didn't take any disciplinary action against him. Like they're confirming what she's complaining about, and they're admitting that, yeah, we didn't because we don't owe that to anybody. Even if he's guilty. We don't owe that to anybody. We don't have to. Oh, we have free speech and freedom of religion. So we can rape who we want. We can cover up who we want. We don't have to obey any fucking laws. We have a police department who can arrest people and search people. And uh, you know, and, and they don't have to answer to anybody because freedom of religion. I mean, this is really fucked up, guys. This is really fucked up. Man, I can't believe it. Anyway, uh... Yeah, so that that is like the main aspect I wanted to really tackle to this morning. But the other thing I really want to talk about too, before I wrap this up, is I really want to get into uh, another thing, and and again, this involves David J. Jordan, you know, the uh, this guy I keep talking about. Uh, apparently, it says here he's listed on the website. Uh, Stoll Rives, LLP, apparently he's a partner at that law firm. Uh, Says he's a partner of the firm concentrating his practice in commercial litigation. Wow, I mean, how did he get into the whole sexual abuse thing, right? Uh, He he represents businesses, individuals, antitrust, intellectual property, you know, cases. Uh, Former U.S. Attorney for the District of Utah from 92 to 93. Vice Chairman of the U.S. Attorney General's Advisory Committee also a member of his firm's white-collar criminal law practice and his experience in handling criminal matters. Oh, and he's a Mormon, and he loves sex abusers. Yes, he loves them. Yes, he defends them, he protects them, he shelters them, and he shelters the church, who shelters the abusers, and there you go. All right, so let's get into uh, this other topic here that is very important to get to. And it's about this dossier that this motherfucker put together. Uh, There's an article by Peggy Fletcher Stack in the Tribune. Um, I like a lot of things she writes. I have zero respect for her. Zero. Because she blocked me on Twitter for no fucking good reason. And she's a joke. I mean, you know, it's like... And I don't understand it because she does some pretty hard-hitting pieces on the church. But she did the article about missionaries. Uh, they were sending out that survey to the missionaries. So I, I think I sent her like two tweets, and I said, you know, basically, we'll start with one. You know, like, have you asked the church for a copy of the survey? And her response was, why don't you ask them? And I'm like, why should I have to ask them when you should do your job? You're a reporter. Do your job and ask for the survey. And she blocked me. So, yeah, apparently she is... I mean, she's very enveloped in the church, and I guess she has a line she draws, and the line was, don't get the survey. Um, So anyway, I I don't really get her, but she blocked me, and it was ridiculous, so I will forever uh, think less of her. I mean, she's a fucking Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter, and she doesn't have the fucking balls to ask the church for a copy of the missionary survey? Are you kidding me? And and you tell me I should do it, like I should do your job? Yeah, the church is going to give it to me, right? I mean, they monitor my show. They're fucking stalking me. They, you know, probably hacking me. Who the fuck knows what they're doing? But I know one thing. They listen to the show, and they're obsessed with me, and they always have been. I mean, I've talked about years ago when they went through my blog, like, time and time again. I could go in, see their IP address. They went through my blog page by page, post by post i mean from you know the in the middle of the night i mean they'd be on there for days they'd be on there from like two in the morning five in the morning so, i mean like nonstop looking up pages in my on my blog so don't tell me that the church isn't tracking ex-mormons uh you know a, a guy came out the other day and said that uh, he was actually paid for six months to track mike norton and every aspect of his life so there's the confirmation but i can confirm it i've confirmed it for years because I saw the IP address going, coming right from the church office building tracking my blog. So yes, and, and, and tracking my other websites. All my websites, my podcasts, my blogs, and now of course they have listening teams that they're gonna have to uh, bring back together because I took a hiatus and they kinda went, oh shit, he's probably not coming back. Fuck yeah, we got rid of him. And here I am. So they're gonna have to put together their listening teams again and, and uh, start listening to the show. So I'm sure they will and they want to hear the callers. They want to hear you call in. They want to know what's going on Um, I am making the show available for download now, so Maybe they won't but my guess is they want to hear it live and They want to have their own copy in case I do any editing or they're gonna be afraid that maybe I'll edit something out And then you know, they'll miss it. Um, I mean they must have a sheer load of shows I mean by now done over 300 so anyway yeah, so I mean, this is just, uh, again, what, what they've done to her is unbelievable. And this, uh, and, and Peggy Fletcher Stack, she does some great articles, but then at the same time, she blocks me for asking a simple question. I mean, I go by ex-Mormon, so she could have uh, tried to have a discussion with me or said, you know, I mean, but, but she admitted that she didn't even ask them. She said, no, why don't you ask them, you know? And so she admitted that she didn't ask them. So I'm not speculating here. She confessed that she did not ask the church for a copy of the survey. I mean, that is not doing your job, Peggy. Do your job. Do your fucking job. I mean, so it makes you wonder how far she digs in on this other stuff that she reports. I mean, obviously, she probably has certain lines that she crosses. She probably knows a whole lot more than we can ever imagine that she won't release in order to protect the church. Like, she has a, a line in the sand, and she won't go past it. Anyway, she wrote, a, but she wrote a really good article about this. And uh, let me just scroll down here real quick and see how long this is. It's kind of a long article, but it's an important article. And I really feel like we need to go through it. So, yeah, let me, uh, let me go through this here with you. But it's about this dossier, you know. I mean, they literally created a hit piece on Denson. And, you know, basically went, wanted to get her life. I mean, they wanted to go through her whole life. And find out what she had done. Uh, you know, church, like, like I mentioned in the beginning, church discipline, um, you know, all that. Uh, I mean, it's just absolutely insane. And I, I can't believe that they would, um, and, and then release it, you know. And, and of course, they're saying, well, there's no connection between, you know, this and that. But I mean, come on, man, there's so much connection that it's uh, unbelievable. And again, you'd have to be naive like a small child to not believe that uh, that this was going on. Um, and by the way, I just, as I mentioned earlier here, uh, um, let me just look here. Yeah, this is another article uh, that I need to maybe go over too real quick. It's a small one, but it's important. Uh, but it's about you know, uh, again, David J. Jordan and the you know the Navajo lawsuit that's going on. And I really need to talk about that as well, because uh, that's a big deal, a really big deal. And again, he's right there in the middle of that. So, I mean, I I don't think there's a sexual abuse lawsuit that he would not defend and trash the victim over. So anyway, McKenna Denson, here we go. Let's talk about the dossier, okay? Uh, I'm going to read this article here. It says, last week a 35-year-old woman who was adopted as an infant by a Mormon couple discovered her name in an unexpected place. I mean, this is how fucking low they go. Can you believe this? It was was in the first item on a list of damaging information an LDS church hired attorney had compiled about her birth mother. God, man. That mother was the one who has alleged that she was raped in 1984 by Joseph L. Bishop, then the president of the Missionary Training Center in Provo, while she was an LDS missionary. And the extensive list revealed the lawyer's efforts to assess the accuser's credibility. So see, again, they don't care if Joseph raped her or not all they want to do is discredit her the victim the victim they want to go after the victim they don't want to go to her and say we are so sorry how can we make it right we can't believe this i mean we fucked up Uh, you know let us help you how much do you need you know how much can we settle for i mean they've got billions and billions and billions of fucking dollars trillion dollars plus in property and they can't just reach a settlement with her and apologize and move on no they got to dig in They got to fight, they got to go to court, they got to trash her, they got to create a dossier about her, how dirty and rotten she is, and how untrustworthy she is, and she has no credibility. I mean, this is who we're dealing with, folks. This is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, what they claim to be the only one and true church on the whole fucking planet. And this is how they act. This is what they do. I mean, pay attention, people. This is a big deal. Uh, anyway, it says that the extensive list reveal the lawyers' efforts to assess the accusers' credibility, an aggressive response that some, could, uh, that some say could scare away other sexual assault victims. You're goddamn right. That's why they're leaking it. They want to scare the shit out of people. Like, hey, if you have any skeletons in your closet, we're going to find them, and we're going to fuck you. We're going to expose you to the world. We're going to gut you like a goddamn fish. We're going to let the whole world know what a piece of shit you are. Did our guy rape you? Sure he did. But who gives a fuck? It's all about protecting the image of the church and gutting you in the process. Oh my God, I mean, this is huge, guys. Anyway, it said that, uh, you know, it would scare away other sexual assault victims and prevent them from stepping forward. Yeah, I mean, gee, wouldn't it you? Wouldn't you be a little concerned, especially if you had some things in your life that, you know, you had some bad times and maybe did some bad things here and there, but you, you know, moved on and... I mean, uh, and I'm not talking like, you know, major crimes or anything, but just, you know, things you're not proud of or whatever, and they could dig through it. And I mean, they went through her employment history, everything. You know, like, oh, look at this. She's a shitty worker. She's a shitty person. She fucked up here. She fucked up there. She was punished by church discipline. She didn't serve her whole mission. What a piece of garbage she is, you know? Um, Anyway, now they're exposing her adopted daughter, that was sealed information. Now again, how'd this motherfucker get this information, this David J. Jordan? Directly from the church, folks. They gave him whatever he fucking needed to gut her life. And now her adopted daughter's life. She didn't even, you know, she wasn't even a part of this. Um, Suddenly the adoptee who lives in San Diego found herself drawn into a case that has rocked Mormonism since the release last month of a secret recording during which Bishop, now 85, admitted to being a sex addict and molesting at least one female missionary during his MTC tenure. Yeah, and he admitted that, oh well, it says right here, that though he denied raping the Colorado woman, Bishop did tell Brigham Young University police that he asked her to bear her breasts. And I'm pretty sure they had to fight to get those records released. I think that's what that other article was talking about. I could be wrong, but because I, I, BYU didn't want to release that information. But, you know, he did ask her, I mean, he wanted to see her breasts. And in the interview, she mentions that he looked at her breasts three different times. He's like, what? I would never do something like that. She's like, look, man, I mean, and he said, you were the one that had the uh, breast augmentation, right? She's like, no. I mean, he's like going through a list of women that he sexually assaulted and abused at the MTC. He's like, oh, wait, you were the one that had a really bad childhood. no. You know, it's like, no, that wasn't me. Nope, that wasn't me. That was Nope, nope, you know, none of those were me. Those were other women that you sexually abused and probably raped. Who knows? I mean, it's not like we'll ever know, but those were other women. I mean, please come forward. If there are other women out there, please come forward. I mean, it would be nice, but I understand if you don't want to, you know, fuck up your life at this point. I mean, again, the church has made it clear that you will be their target, and they will spend their vast resources on attorneys who will fuck you up. It's unbelievable. Um, The LDS Church turned to Salt Lake City Attorney, here we go, David Jordan, I'll call him David J. Jordan, because they love to use that middle initial, to investigate the woman's allegations and to communicate with her Idaho lawyer, Craig Vernon, who was seeking a financial settlement on her behalf. So again, he's their guy, man. Hey, David, we got another sex abuse case. This one's a biggie. It's a high-profile one. You want to take it? You want to fuck her up? You want to expose her and embarrass her? Yeah, we knew you would. You're the guy. You're the man. Yeah, and we'll pay you well, man. We will take good care of you. You know, we, like we always do, man. We'll pay you well, but you do your job, man. You make sure you fuck her up good. Good. I mean, leave her like so distraught that she can't even function or continue on with the lawsuit. I mean, can you imagine the conversations that are happening behind closed doors? I'm trying to bring them to you. I mean, it had to be something like that, right? I mean, he's like, oh, you got it. I'm on it. Yep, you bet. Yeah, I made my temple covenant to, to give you everything that I have or ever will have, all my time and talents, but compensate me, pay me well. Okay, all right, good. Uh, I mean, he's old enough, I believe. Uh, I don't know how old uh, he is. Let me look here, see if we can get an age on this motherfucker. Interesting. Uh, doesn't have anything about his personal life. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, why don't we expose him, you know? I mean, why not? I mean, uh, he likes to do that to other people, so maybe we should gut him, too. I mean, obviously, he. okay, I don't even need to know his age. He's back from the 70s, so this motherfucker went through the temple uh, he took the temple death oaths, he agreed to, and so did the judge, by the way, uh, agreed to slit his throat, to cut open his chest and disembowel himself, be, you know, before revealing the secret of the temple, and it's all tied to his temple covenants. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, let's see here. You know, and, and he has a whole list of shit that he does, but nowhere on here does it mention, uh, you know, sex abuse cases. So, this is like a new hobby for him, you know um yeah 31 years of diverse experience uh senior partner in Stoll Rives. um and again i'm sharing my opinion folks i mean yeah i, I have a constitutional right to express my thoughts and opinions so you know just because he he isn't gonna like it i'm sure he'll hear about it he'll probably listen to the show they'll probably bring it into the law firm and talk him. and go listen to what this guy had to say about you dude holy fuck man yeah well, listen, and then what can you do? Not a goddamn thing. so, so be careful uh, how you progress, you know, with uh, what I'm saying about you, because I have the right to talk about you. i you're a public person. You're named in public lawsuits. you're in the newspaper. you know, it's very public. So I have the right to express my thoughts about you and what a piece of shit you are. All right, so um, yeah, anyway kind of interesting. So the church must have said, hey, you know, you want to get into a new, uh, a new part of law because we can uh, hook you up with some great cash and sex abuse cases. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, anything for the church because after all, you know, he agreed using death penalties that he would do everything for them. And so that is what he is doing currently. Amazing, isn't it? All right. So, uh, Let's go uh, Let's go back to this article here. All right, so uh, they turned to him. Uh, Jordan, who did not return a request for comment made to his office, launched an inquiry. So he's like, okay, uh, let's see what we can do here. In a nine-page letter to the woman's attorney, he notes inconsistencies in her story and details a string of episodes in the accuser's life, ranging from the church discipline that she had previously faced to her criminal record, and from failed relationships to lawsuits, even job firings. Wow. Failed relationships? I mean, now, I mean, they're digging that far into her personal life. How the fuck would they even get that information? I mean, unless it's off of social media. But I mean, from failed relationships to lawsuits, even job firings. I mean, listen to this, folks. This is what the one true Church on the planet Earth, led by Christ, is doing. You know, I mean, if Christ was real, and He was here right now, is this what He would be doing? Would He be suing people for accusing Him of rape, you know, or of His apostles of rape, or His followers? I mean, one would hope not, right? But then again, He said to hate your mother, hate your brother, hate your father, your sister, and follow Him. So he was a co-leader too, you know, if he even existed. So, anyway, I'm just saying that the Jesus that they portray, you know, the loving Jesus, not the one that's going to burn you if you fuck him over and don't worship him, but I'm talking about the one they portray. He's so loving and kind and, you know, um, anyway, it's amazing, man. Relati- wow, even failed relationships, amazing. So I guess if she got divorced or digging into her divorces, whatever. A bulleted timeline begins with a woman's teenage pregnancy. Wow, all the way back to that. You know, of course, because they wanted to know about her daughter. and includes the name of the daughter that she gave up for adoption. And according to Dennis, I mean, that, or Denson, that was sealed, you know, by the church. Those records were sealed. Seeing her name in the file on her birth mother was troubling on several levels, the adoptee told the Sully Tribune this week. It has given me a lot of anxiety she ought to sue the church as well. I mean, because that just happened. And they exposed her. I mean, and and she's not even part of this. I mean, she was given up for adoption as a baby. She has not to be named because she's not part of the case. Her biological parent has made against Bishop and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The California woman does not see why the Utah-based faith would mention her birth and adoption as something to be used to undercut her mom's credibility. Yeah, I mean, they're the ones encouraging adoption. If you're a single, unwed mother, you should give up your baby for adoption, and we'll handle it. And we're going to make a shitload of money off of this, so let's go ahead and do that for you. And now they're using it against her. Oh, she gave up her baby for adoption. Yeah, and who did it? The church. Who did the whole thing? The church, the whole transaction. The daughter's adoption, conducted through an LDS church agency, was closed. Uh, What, LDS Family Services? Uh, She said it took intense sleuthing on her part to find her birth mom. Uh, Though this daughter is not close to her biological parent, to McKenna, she supports her efforts to confront Bishop. What she did was brave, and I am proud of her for getting him to confess, the younger woman said. Regardless of her past and whatever she's done, this is a separate issue and there's a lot of validity to her assault claims. The Tribune generally does not name victims of sexual assault. So here we are, back to uh, David J. Jordan. He shared his letter with the Bishop's son. Now why would he do that, right? So, and, and he is a fucking lawyer. He's acting as his father's attorney, Greg Bishop. So Jordan, the piece of shit that he is, shares this letter and all the information that he got on McKenna, with the bishop's son, Greg Bishop, who is the father's attorney, to use in any settlement efforts. But Jordan did not share his letter with reporters, but Greg Bishop, who declined to comment for the story, copied some of the information about the victim, omitting mention of the adopted daughter's name. Oh, how nice of him. Oh, thank you, Greg. I mean, at least he did something right. And And then he sent it to various news outlets as a way to defend his dad. No. No, no. Not as a way to defend his dad, as a way to defend the church, as a way to trash McKenna, Denson, um, you know. And do not tell me, I'm sorry, but do not tell me that David J. Jordan did not know that Greg Bishop was going to share that letter with the press. I mean, please, that's how he did it. I mean, because he knew he couldn't do it or he'd be totally fucked. So he gave it to the next best thing, Greg Bishop. Uh, you know, Joseph Bishop's son, and then he went ahead and shared it with the press, and then the church could go, Oh, we had nothing to do with that, we would have never done that. We're such good people, you know, but yet they knew that it was going to happen. I mean, it's un- incredible. Uh, man, I mean, that's what happened, in my opinion. That is what happened. You can't, I mean, J- this David Jordan, he's so naive, right? He had no idea that that Greg was going to share that letter or he had no idea that he he might share it or that it could even happen I mean it wasn't even in his mind and and then it happened it was like oh my god oh that's terrible (laughs) yeah and now we've exposed what a piece of shit she is to the world I mean please you gotta believe that this was a plan from the start anyway the full letter has since leaked out For its part, and I'm not going to read any of it. I'm not going to get into it. No, I'm not. Uh, For its part, the LDS Church said, its work to address this matter has included the work of outside legal counsel to interview and investigate the facts and allegations. I mean, guys, this this cult is so fucking filthy, man. They're so nasty. They're so vile. They're so cruel and criminal. You know... I mean, this is, I mean, this is unbelievable. Again, I mean, the church saying that, you know, because they have to, uh, you know, address the leaked letter, which I'm sure he informed the church, hey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the letter to Greg Joseph, and he's going to, or Greg Bishop, I'm sorry, Greg Bishop, and he's going to, he's going to leak it, but we will will have plausible deniability, you know. Like, nobody will know it was us, because we're going to deny it, you know. Um... Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the definition, right? Plausible deniability, right, for the church. Uh, it's the ability of people, typically senior officials, in a formal or informal chain of command, like the First Presidency and the Twelve Apostles and their attorneys, to deny knowledge of a responsibility for any damnable actions committed by others in an organizational hierarchy because of a lack of evidence that can confirm Their participation, uh, even if they were, let's see here, even if they were, where is it here? uh, um, Oh, even if they were personally involved in or at least willfully ignorant of the actions. In the case of that illegal or otherwise disreputable and unpopular activities become public, high ranking officials may deny any awareness of such acts to insulate themselves and shift blame onto other agents who carried out the acts, as they are confident that their doubters will be unable to prove otherwise. You know, a complete lack of evidence, and, you know. But, you know, it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, Greg Bishop, uh, they reached out to him for comment, and he didn't respond. Hmm, I wonder why. Wonder why. What a, are you a pussy, Greg? Greg Bishop, the big pussy who doesn't want to talk to the press. Who, uh, he's, he's he got, got enough balls to release all the information, but not enough balls to talk about why he did it and how much, you know, he's destroyed a woman by exposing all of her personal life, you know, details. Oh, man. Uh, so, here, and then this is Eric Bitch Hawkins, right? He's the church's uh, little bitch spokesman who always covers their ass, too. And he says, uh, during this process, uh, well, he says, this requires access to membership information. Wait a minute. You mean the membership information that is always, like, so private that you can't talk about it? You know, oh, you can't talk about church courts because that's private. The press can't be there. But in this case, it requires access to membership information? Uh, Really? During this process, it is customary and acceptable outside counsel so somebody outside the church that works for the church uh, to correspond with the attorneys representing other parties including sharing information slash dirt that may support or refute their claims now what did any of that have to do with her claim that he raped her in the MTC what did her adoption what did what did her teen pregnancy And then giving her baby up for adoption have to do with Joseph Bishop raping her in the MTC, asking to see her breasts. What does that have to do with a fucking thing? Nothing. Not a thing. Uh, But it's also important to not confuse the legal and ecclesiastical lines, uh, Eric Bitch Hawkins added. Attorneys are doing the legal work, and that has contributed substantially to what we understand about this case. I mean, he he doesn't even know what the fuck he's saying. Somebody wrote this for him, and they're like, here, read this, bitch. And he's like, yes, sir. You know, give him a little salute, you know. Uh, but ecclesiastical decisions about church members remain in the hands of local leaders. Oh, okay. Now we're back to that again. Again, bullshit. Yeah, this case is all about being handled by local leaders. <laughs> the Salt Lake guys, they don't even know about it. They're like, what? I thought the local guys were taking care I heard something about it, right? Whose responsibility it is to determine how to minister to, minister to, oh my God, discipline and care for the members in their stewardship. Discipline? Wait a minute. The church's attorney already said that they don't owe any responsibility to the victims to discipline the perpetrator. And I'll get into that a little bit more (laughs) here too. I mean, of course, we have Richard G. Scott saying that, you know, the perpetrators are the good guys. You know, that we need to forgive them. And if you don't forgive them, you're fucked. Uh, you know, and that they should live peaceful lives. I mean, we're going to get into all that. I've, I've covered it many times, but it'll just lock down every single thing I've said in this entire show at the end. Um, chilling effect. Uh, revealing an adopted daughter's name in the midst of an investigation that has nothing to do with her should not have happened, said Utah therapist Julie DeAzevedo Hanks. I'm guessing she's related to, you know, the Azevedos. So kudos to her for telling the truth. Even if that name had not been mentioned, the list, which has been circulating in Mormon circles, could have a chilling effect on other victims sharing their own stories of abuse, harassment, and assault. Exactly. And that was their main goal to A, destroy her, and B, make other people say, holy shit, if I come forward, they're going to do this to me, and I don't want anyone to know about this or that, or, you know, personal things in their life. They don't, want to, you know, they, don't, they don't want to be drugged through the sewer in the mud that is Mormonism. I mean, that's where the church lives. They live in the sewer, and they want to pull everybody down there with them. You know? if, if you try to expose them, like, look, they're in the sewer, then they're going to be like, hey, knock them in, shove them into the sewer with us. Uh, seeing the MTC case unfold in the media, and knowing that the church's attorneys can put together a list, I'd say a hit list, of, of your past legal mistakes, will make it even less safe for victims to come forward and tell their story, Hank said. The church's initial statement used language served to undermine the victim's credibility, showing that coming forward publicly may put your own reputation and credibility at risk. Yeah, that's true. The, the original statement they made, which I don't have here right now, but they came out and basically said, you know, it just discredited her. It made her sound like, you know, you know, if this, if that, you know, so... They were trying to let everybody know that there was nothing to see and move on. Um, Some Mormons don't speak about abuse they suffered at hands of clergy because it is often viewed as an attack on the church, the therapist said. Many victims hate that they were abused but dearly love the church and its teachings. And why that is, I have no fucking clue. I mean, again, if you were abused by or raped by a bishop, or a stake president, or you know, an elders corn president, or a Relief Society president, I mean, you should say to yourself, wait a minute, was this person called by Christ? And then when you try to sue the church, and they pay for the, the legal team of the perpetrator, and do everything they can to crush you and discredit you, I think at some point you should fucking know that this is not the true Church of Christ on earth. This is not how they should be behaving, this is not right. This is a cult. This is a fraud, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go after them and take them for everything I can. I mean that that's what should be happening. So why they still love the te- the church, I have no idea. Uh, other than they've been brainwashed since birth, but at some point you would hope that common sense would would you know and logic would come into play. Currently, there aren't systems and processes in place within Mormonism to support and minister specifically to victims of clergy abuse, Hank said. Well, of course, because why would there be? They don't care about it. Like everything else, they don't care. You know, they don't care. I mean, they don't care about boys who kill themselves because they were jacking off, or they don't have anything to deal with that. You know, I mean, they send you to counseling to tell you what a piece of shit you are. So again, there's nothing in place to deal with this. Um, so when a bishop rapes you, and I mean, you're going to hear you know, Richard G. Scott later say, Go to your bishop. Talk to your bishop. You know, it's like, well, wait a minute. He's the one that raped me, motherfucker. What am I supposed to do? You know, go to the state president. Yeah, who called the bishop. You know, go to the general authorities. Yeah, who claimed that everything that the state president was called by the inspiration of Christ, and, and then he called the bishop by inspiration. I mean, who do you go to? You go to law enforcement. That's who you go to. And try to find one that isn't Mormon. I mean, honestly, if I went into a police station, I'd be like, I want to talk to somebody about my case, but I need someone who isn't Mormon. Is there anybody here that isn't Mormon? Please raise your hand. Okay, you. I'm going to talk to you. (laughs) Probably be like one guy. Uh, I'm not. I mean, it's so bad here. I mean, go into the BYU law department and confess, right? Hey, anyone here not Mormon? Oh, shit. All right, wrong place. See you later. You know. Uh let's see here she said it takes incredible courage to come forward because victims know that they might not be believed and that they might not find an advocate in their bishop yeah who might be the perpetrator or others in the church community they may remain quiet and then you have all the people who love the bishop and so they're going to defend the bishop and they're going to think you're a liar and you're just going to get re-victimized and re-victimized and re-victimized and then you go to court and the church's lawyers are ripping you apart They're creating, you know, dossiers about your life and all the things that you've done wrong, and they're exposing it to the press through third parties, and, you know, I mean, yeah, look out, look out. So, of course, that's what they want to happen. They want to put the fear of the Mormon God in you. Uh, Another reason victims don't come forward is because they have been abused by someone in power, there you go, who is beloved in the community. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be the bishop. It could be you know, John Smith on the corner and everybody loves John and he's a great guy and maybe he's the one that raped you, you know, Uh, sexually abused you. So, you know, who's going to believe you that John Smith, the guy that everyone loves, would do such a thing? Who's going to believe you that the bishop did that? You know, oh, please, he's called of Christ. I mean, that's not going to happen. The victim is in a position of powerlessness against the social capital of a church leader. Exactly. It is time to end such silence, she said, and she hopes it will. We as church members need to do whatever we can to expose perpetrators wherever they are. Obviously, she's still a member, right? (laughs) To support abuse victims and to prevent future victims. I mean, she said we as church members, so she's still a true believer, folks, despite what she's seeing and all the people she's talking to. Oh my goodness, Uh, so here we go, Uh, this is entitled, A Legal Response, Uh, David J. Jordan, let's see, David, right, I'm trying to forget his name, but, you know, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's David, right, yeah, David J. Jordan, there we go, all right, Um, I mean, I keep saying it, but I I don't even want to remember it, but uh, he did extraordinary research on this woman, wow, he sounds like a fan, right? To make it clear that the church was not going to settle, said Salt Lake uh, City Attorney Greg Skortis. I am sure he did not intend for Bishop to share it or part of it with the media. Oh, really? You really believe that, Greg? Another Greg. Jesus Christ, what, what is it with these Gregs, you know? Um, I mean, ridiculous, right? Uh, so he's sure that he didn't, really? Uh, I, I'm sure that he did. That's my opinion. You have your opinion, I have my opinion. I have no doubt that he knew that this was going to happen but he said none of the parties did anything unethical really illegal or improper Oh so, so it's perfectly fine to create a shit list of her life of her worst moments and to send it to the press to not what was it seven or nine different outlets it's perfectly it's not unethical illegal or improper to do that to let everybody know that she's not credible and a piece of garbage okay Wow. I mean, I guess if you're a real low-down piece of shit, you should hire this Scordus guy, too. Greg Scortis. I mean, he's probably looking for a job with the church. He's like, hey, I'm going to defend this asshole so I can become one of your assholes. You know? Um, it is reasonable for all three parties, the LDS church, the accuser's attorney, and the alleged abuser's lawyer, to share information about the case. Yeah, really? Personal information. Yeah, I doubt it. Why don't we dig up all this shit on, uh, on the sun? Maybe we should do a dossier on that piece of shit and a dossier on David J. Jordan, find out if he has any skeletons in his closet, and then I'll release it and say, well, hey, you know, they said that, uh, you know, there's nothing illegal, unethical, or improper about this. Um, So, anyway, he says, there are various ways of defending against these kinds of allegations, said University of Utah law professor Paul Castle, a longtime advocate for victims' rights and a former federal judge. An attorney for an abuser might go on the offensive and attack the accuser, he said. I mean, and this is really interesting. He says, but an organization like a church, typically, so like, you know, most churches in this kind of situation, they wouldn't create a, a shit list, a dossier uh, of her life, of all the low points of her life, but they would start by expressing concern and compassion for the victim while they examine the allegations. So, you see, you see what's happening here? Like, this guy's like, yeah, this is pretty unheard of. I mean, generally, when it's like a church, like, you know, they, they're like, we're so sorry. You know, like I said earlier in the show, they apologize, they express concern, compassion, you know, and, and see what they can do to help her. But the, what does our, our church do, the Mormon church? They're like, let's gut her like a fish, A-S-A-P. Let's destroy her life. Let's expose her adopted daughter's name to the world. Let's, uh, you know, let's, let's go, man. Let's get her. You know, there isn't even one second of thought by the Big 15 of expressing concern or compassion for the victim. And if they do that through Eric Bitch Hawkins, it's all fake. And it's just PR. And again, the original statement they made was bullshit. Um, Castle believes Greg Bishop's response, especially his initial statement challenging the Colorado, Colorado women's claims, was done in haste. Yeah, so, I mean, is Greg Bishop, I mean, is he an actual lawyer? It says he's acting as his lawyer, but, I mean, is he an actual lawyer? I mean, let me look it up here. Greg Bishop, Utah. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, is is he an attorney? Um, Let's see here. Uh, Somebody on Reddit looked him up. I looked up Greg Bishop on the Utah State Bar webpage and didn't see him listed as a member of the Utah State Bar. Is he really a Utah licensed attorney? Uh, Question for sexual predator's son, lawyer Greg Bishop. According to the Huffington Post article, the son added that when his father admitted to having a sexual addiction, he was referring to a lifelong battle with controlling his sexual thoughts. Oh, but he never acted upon them. Thank God, right? He, he didn't jerk off. He didn't uh, take women down into the rape room in the basement. He didn't say to McKenna, let me see your breasts. He didn't, uh, you know, rape her. Um, wow. So, I mean yeah i mean what did, what did his dad say on on page fifty five on the in the transcript i found a lot of women i fa- i found a lot of women but a lot of bad thoughts masturbation took me a long time to get over that so again his his son greg is a liar his dad admitted right there that he he had all these sexual thoughts and he masturbated so it wasn't just uh, in his mind um yeah so uh Let's see here, in a 1980 interview with the Dean of Women at Weber State, the dean explained your father's uh, preverification, let's see, preverification problem. I'm sorry, prevarication <laughs> problem. He said, and he would intentionally, lie. on occasion he would tell me something, and then he would say, if anybody asks me, if you don't keep this confidential, if someone comes back and asks me, I will tell them I don't even know what they're talking about. Your father's lost his integrity. Yeah, so I mean, again, admitting he was going to lie. Um, so I guess uh, this guy says that uh, he thinks that the guy's in the Bay Area. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so it looks like he is a lawyer in the Bay Area. Let me just look here real quick. They have a link here. Let me click on this and just verify. I'm just curious, you know. Uh, Gregory S. Bishop. Yeah, so. Okay, so I guess it's, that's why he doesn't show up in Utah. All right, that's what I wanted to know. So, All right, uh, yeah, it was done in haste. Uh, I was surprised to see this maneuver executed so quickly. Trash the victim. And, and again, I'm guessing that his son is a good member of the church too, right? I say good in quotes. I'm sure he has a temple recommend. He believes in the church. And he's a good, loving, kind, Christ-like man, right? But what he did... Uh, is, uh, you you know, in his words, in his world, of the devil, evil, vile, nasty, wrong, you know? So uh, I I guess that'll affect him when he goes to get his next recommend, right? Oh, wait, but he did it for the church. Oh, he's okay. He's good. In fact, he's probably got a a lifelong uh, recommend now without having to go through any more interviews and to be worthy. Um, yeah, so he said,, uh, trash the victim is the last option an organization would typically employ. It may be the least successful tactic used only after all other options have been exhausted. So I mean, they used it right out of the gate. Uh, Once you go there, he said you can't put the cat back into the bag. As for naming the adopted daughter in the investigative papers, there is no reason, Cassell said. To make unnecessary enemies through collateral damage but that's what they do man they they want to destroy as many people as they can along the way they want to literally destroy people i mean this is sick man so uh anyway um yeah it's amazing that uh you know that they did this. Uh, And again, I mean, there's lots of comments that I could read on it, but you guys can go there and read them yourself. 297 comments. I mean, I could do shows where I just read comments. I mean, there's so many great ones. But again, you can look it up on the Tribune. Again, it's entitled, A woman was shocked to see her name in a Mormon church compiled dossier, which she says was designed to discredit her birth mother. I mean, when they're even going after the children, again, going after the children, their gay hate doctrine banning the children, you know, in this case going after an adopted child in with sealed records, you know, wow, I mean does it get any lower than that? I mean that that is uh amazing. Um, God, I mean how low will they go? So so anyway, I kinda wanna lock all this down now. I mean I've I've read these articles to you guys, I've made my case, it's very clear what's happening here. Um, I I hope the judge does the right thing. Um, David J. Jordan, he loves sex offenders, he loves sex abusers, he loves defending them, protecting them, cradling them. Um, It kind of makes you wonder what kind of person would feel so much passion for sex abusers, right? Kind of like Richard G. Scott. It makes you wonder why he would say the things that he says, or said. Thank God he died, right? He's in the grave, And we don't have to hear this horrible defense of sex abusers any longer coming out of his mouth. Um, So, with that being said, I wanted to play some clips for you guys that will, uh, again, like I say, walk all this down. And confirm beyond a doubt that what I'm saying is true. That this is how the church behaves. Because this is what they teach from the pulpit. This is not something that they just make up, you know. Um, so, uh, let's see here. First thing I want to play for you, though, is uh, Judge Thomas Woe. If you guys remember him, he had to sentence a bishop uh, who was convicted of sex abuse. And he literally cried when he did it. So, I want to play that for you first so you can get some type of feeling for what's probably going to happen with this other judge. Uh, I, I hope not. Again, I hope, I hope not. Oh, and I also wanted to mention this. Uh, Maybe I'll play this audio and then I'll talk real quick about the Navajo Nation lawsuit. But uh, again, uh, you know, crying, oh my God, you know, this judge, uh, let's see, what's his name here? Um, Yeah, what was his name? Judge Dale Kimball. So, if he decides to go forward with a lawsuit, you might hear some tears, you might... He might break down in court and cry, folks, because it would just break his fucking Mormon heart, his BYU uh, alumni heart. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to uh, this judge, Lowe, and uh, I'm going to start it and I'll turn it up if I need to, but here's uh, Judge Thomas Lowe crying, having to sentence a bishop, and the things that he says uh, about him, that he's an ex- I think he says he's an extraordinary man, and I mean it just makes you sick so you might want to get out the vomit bag or some type of bucket or bowl you can throw up in because you're probably gonna need it. Here we go. If you haven't heard this, it's shocking. This sentencing hearing has been teed up, maybe unintentionally so, as Mr. Iuhl should be accorded probation because he's innocent. If the court
0: were to grant had that request, if it give its stamp of
5: approval to that position. The court agrees. I want to be clear that the court agrees with the verdict. He agrees, and he's guilty. The jury got it right. Yep, they got it right, but. The court has no doubt that Mr. Right, Aiko is uh, an extraordinarily good man. Oh, there. oh. And the letters written on his behalf were extraordinarily moving. So, wait a minute. Um, you have no doubt that he's guilty of sex abuse, but you also have no doubt that he's an extraordinarily good man. I mean, all these people wrote letters. Wow. Oh, get it together, Judge. Don't cry now. Don't cry. Oh, great man. Oh, my God. I mean, do bad I mean, do you like your spouse or something? Great men do bad things, huh? Happy new the court will. Oh my God! Come on, Judge. Get your shit together. Come on, Thomas. Pull your head out of your ass. Oh my god, listen to this pause. I mean this is the actual audio of the sentencing. The court will impose oh my. one to fifteen years in State Prison on each of the secondary felonies and Come on, you can get it five up. years to laugh. Oh on the first degree felony. Or those run concurrent with each other. And allow credit for time served thus far. Oh and, uh, thank the god time we sent the served for <laughs> Oh my God! I mean, I can't ever get over that audio. It's just so horrific. All right. So anyway, can you believe that? Can you believe that? So let's just hope. I mean, let's really, really hope the judge Dale Kimball doesn't pull a Thomas Low and literally shed tears over this and. You know, like, and he'll he'll do the right thing. I mean, how is this motherfucker still a judge? Thomas Lowe should be removed. I mean, he obviously cannot be impartial when it comes to the church. I mean, you have a bishop guilty of sex abuse, and he's crying about it. His voice is cracking, you know. He calls the guy that he says is guilty, and the jury got it right, An extraordinarily good man who just, you know, did a bad thing. Wow. Makes you wonder what skeletons are in his closet, huh? I mean, I'm sorry. How can you not wonder? I mean, if you're that sympathetic to a fucking sex pervert slash abuser, what's wrong with you? Anyway, so uh, let me just talk real quick before I play the Richard G. Scott horrific audio. Let me just go back to the uh, article I wanted to mention to you guys. The Navajo Nation judge weighs jurisdiction of sexual abuse lawsuits against the Mormon church. And who do you think is going to be mentioned in this article? <laughs> it wouldn't be David J. Jordan, would it? Well, of course it would be. I mean, uh, why not, right? Uh, let me just hang on. Just, yeah, here we go. Yeah, the, uh, an attorney for the church. Um, and of course, that, there's a link in this article to the, you know, the dossier article that I read you guys. Alright, so, uh, this is in Gallup, New Mexico. I mean, the church is fighting out, fighting a lot of, uh, court cases right now, aren't they? They're trying to put out a lot of fires, aren't they? It's all coincidence, man. It's just Satan, you know, trying to attack the, the, the good reputation and image of the one true Church of Christ on the planet Earth. You know, I mean, all the others are abominations, but they never speak negatively of other religions, ever. You know, even though they do, uh, all the time, every single time a missionary teaches the first vision, they're trashing every other religion on the Earth, including that person that they're talking to's religion, if they have one. Okay, so uh, a Navajo Nation judge is weighing whether sexual abuse lawsuits against the Church of Joseph Smith of Latter-day Child Brides should proceed and where the cases should be heard. Judge Carol Perry, I guess I need to look her up too now, but at least it's in Gallup, New Mexico. I mean, there's a chance that she's not Mormon, right? I mean, God, I hope so. What do you want to bet she is? <laughs> she is. Oh, my God. I mean, let's, I, now I've got to look her up. Hang on a second. Um... Let's see, when was this uh, article written? Let me see, this was in April 11. Looks like I do have an update on this. Uh, but she heard arguments Monday after lawyers for the Utah-based LDS church filed a motion to dismiss five lawsuits. The Gallup Independent reported Tuesday. Hang on just a moment here. Uh, Carol, J- let's see, she's a judge for the uh, Navajo Nation. Let me just look her up here real quick here. Window Rock, Arizona, judge of the Navajo Nation. Yeah, I think we might have a non-Mormon here, folks. Thank God, right? I mean, that, that's why the church doesn't want to try the case outside of Utah. They don't want to try it at all, but certainly not outside of Utah because what could happen if we get a non-Mormon judge, which you know, has happened in other states with other cases where you know, they rule against the church and they're out you know, $30 million or whatever it might be. Um, So very interesting. Uh, Anyway, um, she said, the suits filed in the tribal courts alleged Native American children were sexually abused while enrolled in the church's Indian student placement program. The first suit was filed in 2016 on behalf of two adults who said they were abused when they were students in the program. The cases have since bounced between tribal courts and federal court in Utah over questions of jurisdiction. Attorneys for both sides have agreed that the allegations were said to have taken place in areas outside the Navajo Nation in Utah or Arizona. Again, I mean, the church is saying, look, as long as we rape your kids in Utah, it's okay. uh, Because you can't touch us because you're the Navajo Nation. So we relocated your children who were sexually abused and raped. um, But sorry, suckers, nothing you can do about it. You know, I mean, as long as they're raped in Utah, it's okay. Uh, the, plaint- the plaintiff's attorneys, William R. Keeler and Craig Vernon, again, Craig Vernon, he's uh, McKenna's attorney from Idaho, argued that decisions on where to place the children in the program were made by church officials on the Navajo Nation. Hey, there you go, that's a good argument. Particularly at an office in Chinle, Arizona. The attorneys assert that some of the officials acted negligently. So, yeah, I mean, so they're sitting there on the Indian Reservation deciding where they're going to send these children. Hmm, that sounds pretty serious. Vernon told the judge that some of the victims disclosed the abuse while on the Navajo Nation. And then here we go. David J. Jordan, an attorney for the church, argued that Navajo courts lacked subject matter jurisdiction because the alleged wrongful conduct occurred outside the nation. So, you know, it didn't happen. In their nation it happened in the United States nation so therefore it's okay Wow okay so now let me just jump to an article right here uh, which is great Um, great news I again there's a lot that's happened since I've been away on hiatus so let me go ahead and uh, read this to you guys Uh, this is great news they're not going to toss the case it looks like so let me pull up this article here a uh, Navajo judge won't toss allegations of abuse in the Mormon program. And it shows a lady, uh, who is this lady, uh, Judy Larson, who was raped by a Catholic priest in Detroit when she was 10. She lends her support to other victims of abuse during a news conference Tuesday, June 7, 2016. It says a new sexual abuse lawsuit alleges sexual abuse of Navajo children in the Mormon Indian placement program. But her sign says, victims, come forward, get help, snap um yeah so uh let's see here yeah this isn't too long but it's good news man a navajo nation judge is refusing to dismiss lawsuits oh take that david j jordan shove that right up your ass crack uh alleging native american children were sexually abused while enrolled in a mormon church foster program judge carol perry said in the in the ruling released thursday the cases should be heard in navajo court i agree And the church is going to be fucked. And they know it. So, I mean, they're going to continue to fight this. The allegations were said to have taken place outside the Navajo Nation in Utah, Arizona. But the judge found tribal courts have jurisdiction because the program was based there. Thank you. Perry also cited a fundamental Navajo belief that children must not be mistreated. Oh, that's wouldn't that be amazing if Mormons had that belief? I mean, that'd be great, right? I mean, Mormon leaders would be wonderful if Mormon leaders believe that children must not be mistreated? That's great. I mean, not only do they mistreat them, they ban them, they expose them when they've been adopted. I mean, they do all kinds of shit to them. The lawsuit says the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints failed to protect children from sexual abuse after they were placed with host families. Great. Um, thousands of children participated in the now-defunct Indian placement program. Last count I saw was like 50 or 60,000. Imagine how many were sexually abused. I don't even want to think about it. Uh, That was meant to give children educational opportunities from the late 40s until around 2000. A church spokesman declined to comment on the decision. Oh, come on, you little pussies. Why, Why are you so afraid? Go ahead and comment. You got plenty to say about McKenna and her personal life and her adopted baby and her relationships and every other fucking thing. You can't. Well, you can't talk about this? Leaders have said the church works to prevent abuse. Yeah, but they don't. They actually call men who are pedophiles to be bishops, and they claim that God called them. And what did Henry B. Eyring say? Henry B. Crying Eyring? Oh, and Lyon? Uh, he said that all leaders are called directly by Christ, that God doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, that was uh, Henry B. Eyring uh, in a recent uh, Penis Hood session. Um, let me just pull it up real quick. Henry B. I wonder if he'll come up under uh, Lying crying, lying and Crying Iring, or if I should just look him up under <laughs> Henry Eyring. Um, let's see, Henry B. Lying and Crying. Crying and lying. Uh, God doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, isn't that great? It's wonderful. God picks Mormon leaders and he never gets it wrong. Never! He never gets it wrong. To me, if I was an attorney and I was fighting these cases, I would I would use those words, the recent words, of Henry B. Lyon and crying Eyring. I mean, that's amazing. I mean to, to say that. Um, I've got to get that audio clip. I haven't had a chance to do that yet, but I will. Um, so uh, let me just uh, see if this is the one. Uh, let me get. I wanted to pull up the exact talk, but. Here, let me just look it up here. September, so it was in the October priesthood session of 2017. Uh, Let's see here. What's so weird is... uh, Yeah, I think, let's see, the Lord leads his church. Okay, let me go back up to the article. There was actually an article in the Tribune. Maybe it has the quote I want, and I won't worry about it. But, I mean, again, it's Peggy Fletcher Stack, okay? Uh, God chooses the man he wants to lead the church and it's never a mistake. He said, uh, the Almighty speaks to Mormon men called his prophets through revelation. He said, it takes faith to believe that God calls imperfect people into positions of trust. It takes faith to believe that God knows the people he calls perfectly. Uh, He said, I try not to judge servants of the Lord or to speak of their apparent weakness. There we go go ahead and play this for you. It's just the beginning of the talk and it's in the first uh, couple paragraphs where, you know, he literally says that he knows the people he calls perfectly, both their capacities and their potential, and so no mistakes. He makes no mistakes in his calls. So everybody is called directly by revelation of God and he makes no mistakes folks. So even when he calls a pedophile, that is not a mistake, not a mistake at all. And then uh, I've still got two, two clips I need to play from Richard G. Scott, but we gotta get through this first. Okay, here we go.
4: My dear brethren who hold the priesthood of God, particularly to the young men, tonight I wish to speak about the wonderful way in which the Lord leads his kingdom on earth.
5: The way he calls pedophiles.
4: Now, you already know the fundamentals. I pray that the Holy Ghost will confirm them to you as I go through them. He's speaking to the youth. First, Jesus Christ is the head of the church in Um, all the earth. This
5: will make it so clear, folks. Second,
4: he leads his church today by speaking to men called prophets, and he does it through revelation. There you go. Third, he gave revelation to his prophets long ago, still does, Uh and will continue to do so. Good to know. Fourth, he gives confirming revelation to those who serve under the leadership of his prophets. Even pedophile bishops. From those fundamentals, we recognize that the Lord's leadership of the church requires great and steady faith from all who serve Him on earth. Blind faith, by the way. For instance, we it takes faith to believe that the resurrected Lord is watching over the, de- the details, the daily details of His kingdom. Right. It takes faith to believe that He calls imperfect people into stupidity. positions of trust. It takes faith. Stupidity. To believe that He knows the people He calls perfectly, both their capacities and their potential and so makes no mistakes
5: in his calls. Did you hear that? He So, because of all this, he knows everybody perfectly. He knows. Like, this bishop is a pedophile. He knows it. And he's proud of it. He's like, this bishop, I know he's raped children in the past, and I know he's going to rape them again. He's my guy. He is my wingman in this particular ward, and he will continue to rape, or I know this guy has, you know, a desire to rape children. I know he looks at child porn, and I'm going to call him to be a bishop. Yes, and then I'm going to have little children meet with him in private behind closed doors, and so he can ask them about their uh, penises, vaginas, you know, their genitals, tell them not to touch their genitals, um, you know, and he can, uh, you know, condition them, groom them, uh, to be his future victims. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. I, that's what I, Jesus Christ, am going to do. I mean, it's ridiculous, man. Uh, and it's horrific. Um, you know, and then he goes on to joke you know, that this may bring a smile or a shake of the head to some people in the audience. You know, uh, and he goes on to say my, you know, that uh, you may think that somebody's poorly suited to their place in the Lord's kingdom. My counsel to both groups is to delay such judgments until you can better see what the Lord sees. The judgment you need to make instead is that you have the capacity to receive revelation and to act on it fearlessly. Such a load of shit. Um, so again, Henry B. Lion and crying Eyring, right there. And uh, I want to thank, uh, I don't know where he is, but Joe Mofo Exmo, he's the one that came up with the lion part. I always said, uh, Henry B crying and but then he says and lying i'm like hey so it just kind of stuck lying and crying and they rhyme you know lying and crying iron Iring, <laughs> iron anyway um, yeah we'd finish up that article on you know, the church saying that leaders have said the church works to prevent abuse what they actually work for is to prevent the guilt and the shame of the abuser uh, you know the perpetrator and then they turn it around on the person that was abused And put it all on them, like the burden. They 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 say they want to take away your burdens, but they're adding to your burdens by making you responsible for being raped, especially if you're a woman. So, anyway, there we go. All right. So now let me go. uh, I've got two clips to play from uh, dumbfuck uh, Richard G Scott, and the first one that I'm going to play is a short one that i've played many many times on the show and i will play it many more times um, and then i have a longer one that i need to play there we go All right, there it is okay so this is richard g scott uh... talking about and, and i want to be clear in, in this particular talk he is addressing sex abuse he says at the beginning of the talk that you know there's all kinds of abuse but what he wants to focus on today is sexual abuse. So that's who he's talking to. And in this particular case, he's talking to the perpetrator, the sexual abuser, the child rapist, the rapist, any type of sexual abuse that this person's done. That's who he's talking to. And listen to what he wants to happen. And again, that last line I read in the Tribune article, leaders have said the church works to prevent abuse. No, they work to cover it up and they work to forgive the perpetrators. So, here we go, listen to this. Uh, If you haven't heard it before, it will be shocking. But full
1: repentance will bring the sweet
5: relief of forgiveness. Again, he's talking to the perpetrator. So, you know, the full repentance will bring the sweet relief of forgiveness. You could have raped 30 children, you're good to go. And there's another reason why they want you to call the hotline. They want to keep it internal. They don't want it to get to the police department so they can cover it up. Peace of conscience. Peace of conscience. So forgiveness, peace of conscience, for let's just say a child rapist or uh, Mr. Joseph, the MTC president, and a renewed life. And a renewed life. Do you think they deserve a renewed life? I mean, look, uh, I support capital punishment for people that rape children. You know, and again, you know, in the cases where it's indisputable or they've admitted it. You know, the facts are there, they can prove it. I have no problem with capital punishment for child rapists or any type of sex abuser, but especially of children. Um, No issue whatsoever. So, again, a renewed life, they don't deserve a renewed life. They don't deserve any life, you know? I mean, they are lucky that our legal system allows them to exist after what they've done. I hope one day we'll toughen up the laws on that. It'll
1: also bring relief to the abused.
5: Oh wait, it'll bring relief to the abused because they have a renewed life and no remorse, and they're living a great life now, and they've been forgiven. That'll make the abused feel better. So, like the person that had their child raped, I mean, he can go to them and say, "Hey, uh, I feel great now. Uh, I've been forgiven," and uh, they'll be like, "Hey, come on in. You know, Do you want to have dinner with us? We've got, we, you know, we got plenty." I mean, are you fucking serious? And their families you'll be free of the weight of remorse free of the weight of remorse wow i mean a a sex abuser free of the weight of remorse so he's so again it's like it never happened but but wait a minute what did they do here in this particular case with mckenna what did they do they dug up her whole past her whole fucking life any criminal problems she had, any church discipline problems, bad relationships that she was in, her job history. I mean, why can't she be forgiven? Can she be forgiven like a sex abuser? Like her sex abuser has been forgiven according to Richard G. Scott? I mean, this is unbelievable. So again, the victim, it's all the victim's fault. The victim should be punished again and again and again right but the perpetrator hey man forgiveness renewed life no remorse no con no no nothing on his conscience a clean conscience a clear conscience i mean if if you can't see the hypocrisy here then you're blind as a bat i mean come on this is so obvious
1: and accusing thoughts of what you've caused in grief and anguish in another's life
5: so he's admitting that you've caused grief and anguish in another's lives, but he wants you to be free of the weight of remorse. So you shouldn't even feel bad. So if you're a Mormon, a Mormon bishop, any kind of any Mormon on the planet and and you've say raped children or raped a woman or you raped you know McKenna, you should feel great about yourself. You shouldn't feel any remorse. does this does this line up with Leaders have said the church works to prevent abuse. No. No, leaders have said and taught that the church works to cover up abuse and to defend the perpetrator at all costs. Especially, and leaders have said that they should victimize the victim and try to crush her and destroy her by creating dossiers and making sure that they get leaked to the press. Yes, even their adopted daughter's name. I mean, wow, I mean, why doesn't the same thing apply? What about us apostates, us uh, exmo's? You know, are we gonna, are we, are we forgiven? Should we be uh, free of the weight of remorse and have a clean conscience and a renewed life? Oh no, no! They call court and excommunicate us, track us down, fuck up our lives. What about gay married couples? Mandatory court, excommunication, children banned. I mean, I mean, I'm trying to understand why, why sexual predators. I mean, this is to the predator. He's talking about a sexual predator. I'm trying to figure out why they get, you know, the top of the list, the top of the pecking order, you know, for forgiveness. But all of us, you know, even just apostates who couldn't live with Joseph Smith, you know, raping 14-year-olds and marrying other men's wives, we can't live with that, so we're like terrible people, and we should be excommunicated if we talk about it publicly, or to our families. But, you know, I mean, so in the church, you're literally better off raping a child than finding out the church isn't true incredible. You'll be helped when you decide to be freed from your addiction. Oh, and there you go. It's not a crime. So when you, when you are a perpetrator, a sexual perpetrator, and you've sexually abused somebody like Joseph Bishop with McKenna Denson, it's, it's not a crime. It's not a criminal offense. It's an addiction, you know, just like any other addiction. You know, you like to look at Playboy, you, you binge on, uh, You know, TV shows on Netflix, I mean, that's an addiction. Uh, You know, maybe you uh, smoke some weed or you drink. You know, you have all these addictions. Oh, and and what's another addiction? Raping people. Oh, my God. Uh, You know, sexual abuse. Yeah, it's just an addiction, folks. According to the Mormon apostle, Richard G. fucking Scott, you can go out and rape people, and it's just a fucking addiction. It's not a crime or a criminal offense. I mean, can you believe this shit? Through repentance and the support of others. And the support of others, unbelievable. Oh my God, hang on a second, I gotta take a drink. It's just water. (laughs) I don't drink alcohol, so. Although I must admit, I could use a swig right now. I think I'll have a uh, cherry vanilla Pepsi when the show's over. It's supposed to like hype you up, but it chills me out. I don't know, maybe it's the vanilla, but it relaxes me. I need to fucking relax when this is done. All right, so... Uh, all right, now what we're going to do is we're going to uh, go to the talk To Be Free of Heavy Burdens by Richard G. Scott. Let me get it lined up here for you so we can uh, play that. There's a very specific part. I need to play about the last four minutes of this talk for you. And so I'm going to go ahead and uh, play it from there. It's about, yeah, about the last four and a half minutes. You really need to hear it. Because this is where he goes into, you know, the teachings of Christ that uh, the victims, you know, the victims are, you know, that you should, that you're, like, if you've been raped that you should, you should ask the person that raped you for forgiveness uh, so you can release that burden. And that Christ taught that, If, you know, we've been offended or someone has done something to us and we don't uh, forgive the person that did it, then the sin's on us. So, uh, again, you know, if someone rapes you, let's say you're McKenna Denson, you're in the MTC, and let's just say the MTC president takes you down to a rape room and rapes you uh, in the basement. Um, Let's just say that, you know, he did this. Well, according to the church, who, you know, they say they work to prevent abuse, and, oh, we, we sympathize with anyone that's been abused, but we will fuck you up in court with our high-powered million-dollar attorneys. Um, so what she's supposed to now do, and that's why they're going after her, because she, what she should have done, according to the church, according to Richard G. Scott, who was an apostle, who gave these talks with Monson sitting right behind him. Uh, actually, this one, the, the last one that I gave, uh, played, was uh, Hinckley. I'm sorry, Monson, and this one would have been Hinkley and monson, but the prophet you know so two different prophets, two different talks um, anyway uh, let me, let me let me just uh, yeah i'm not going to verify anyway i'm pretty sure the second one was uh, monson as the prophet, if not, it was Hinckley, but monson was there as the first counselor, so either way, monson was there, okay um, <clears throat> so basically uh, she should have gone to uh to uh, Joseph, Mr. Uh, Joseph, <laughs> oh my God, I mean, it's hard to even uh, talk about it, honestly. I mean, I have a really hard time talking about it. It's just so uh, sickening to me, but anyway, what the church says is that she should have gone to him and said, uh, "Will you forgive me for you raping me?" Like the, the, the rape victim the the you know is supposed to go to the perpetrator to the rapist and ask for an apology ask for forgiveness you're going to hear it you know and if she doesn't do that then the crime isn't the rape the crime is that she didn't forgive the rapist you know because that's a burden that she needs to let go um i mean where is where is he saying that the and it's all about repentance for the rapist and the perpetrator i, I mean I, i'm missing the part where he says that the rapist should go to the victims and say will you forgive me it's the other way around the victims have to go to the perpetrator and ask for forgiveness I and mean, you got to be joking i mean this is like a sick joke this is the twisted world of mormonism you know i put out a picture the other day with the the clown from it you know and he's like down in the drain you know like where you i don't know if you guys have seen it but he pulls a, you know the kid into the drain anyway i don't want to give too much away if you haven't seen it but very twisted movie uh, but there's a clown, you know, the, the evil clown from It, and he's down in the, like, the sewer, and he's, and he's looking out, and he has a Book of Mormon, he's like, Would you like a Book of Mormon? I mean, if that doesn't sum up Mormonism, I don't know what does, because that's basically what it is. So, anyway, uh, let's go ahead and play this for you guys, and it, it is uh, absolutely sickening, and you'll understand what I'm talking about, so I'm going to go ahead and play this. Let me, uh, let me just pull it up here real quick. And yeah, I think this is it right here. Yep, to be free of heavy burdens. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah, get ready, guys. It's uh, pretty sickening. All right, here you go. Richard G. Scott. Uh, this talk was given in October 2002. It's going to have to be, what, the Sunday afternoon? Yeah, Sunday afternoon session. And then the other talk that he gave... Let me take a look here real quick. Yeah, to heal the shattering consequences of abuse... Let's just verify when this was uh, given. It was given in uh, the April 2008 General Conference. And let's verify when this was given. And again, it was in a general session. And it was in the uh, Saturday afternoon session. So there you go. I just like to be 100% accurate. And so there you have it. So the one was given in 2000, October 2002, in the Sunday morning session, was it? And then uh, the other one was given in the Saturday afternoon session. So, so this was not given in the penis Hood session, where most people didn't hear it. This was given in general conference and a general session for everybody. All the, the Big 15, the Big 14, you know, are sitting there. Monson, Hinckley, Faust, everyone's there. Uh, the other Apostles are there. Anybody could have gotten up at any point and said, this is wrong, this is not correct. They could have corrected it after the fact. Uh, They've done that. They did it to Packer when he said, why would Heavenly Father do this to anyone, meaning making them gay? So so again, I mean, there's plenty of chances to have fixed it, and it sits on LDS.org today, just like it did then. No corrections, no apologies, no excuses. It is the real deal. It is doctrine. So with that being said, here is Richard G. Scott. And it's, uh, to be free of heavy burdens.
1: I had to repent now. You may be carrying a heavy burden of feeling injured by another who has seriously injured you. Yeah. Your response to that offense may have distorted your understanding so that you feel justified in waiting for that individual to act forgiveness so that the pain can leave.
5: I mean, would that be unreasonable? Like, you would hope the person that sexually abused you or raped you, um, you know, would come and apologize? I mean, oh, what an asshole you are, huh? What an asshole that you would ever want the person that did that to, you know, ask you for an apology. I mean, somebody did that to me or my wife or my kids. I mean, my answer would be, fuck you. No, I don't accept your apology. But it sure would be nice if, you know, they actually. Cared enough to apologize, but he's like going, "No. Like if you've done this, don't even worry about apologizing to the victim. It's OK.:
1: The Savior dispelled any thought yeah. of that kind of action when he commanded that kind of action. He that forgiveth not his brother his trespasses standeth condemned before the Lord. Oh For there remaineth in him the greater sin.
5: Now if Christ was real and he really said that, then he's a piece of shit too. I mean, really? Uh, you ought to forgive one another, but for he that forgiveth not his brother his trespasses. I mean, was, was would Christ be talking about, if, if a man rapes you and you can't forgive him, you will be condemned before the Lord, and you will remain in the greater sin. I, I, I mean, again, I'm pretty sure they're twisting it. I mean, he did teach forgiveness, but at the same time, I mean, he didn't, you know, I mean, he wanted people to hate people, and I come, I come with a sword and not in peace. I mean, there's a lot of other things out there that, that are contradictory to his uh, peace and love, you know, hippie message. Pulling up in a Volkswagen van, right? Uh, back in the 70s with his long hair. I mean, he's not, he, he was not all kumbaya, you know? And what happens if you don't accept him? Um, get used to those flames, buddy, because you're going to burn. All right. I mean, so again, If he really said that, you know, then he's a piece of shit. But, of course, we don't even know who wrote it. So, anyway, here you go.
1: I, the Lord, will forgive whom I will forgive. Mm. But if you it is required to forgive all men.
5: Sounds like the church, doesn't it?
1: Don't carry the burden of offense any longer. Genuinely ask forgiveness of one that has offended you, even when you consider you have done no
5: wrong. Did you hear that? I mean, that's for real, folks. Genuinely ask forgiveness of one that has offended you, even when you consider you have done no wrong. So, you're the victim. Guy comes up to you on the street, he attacks you, he beats you, he rapes you, whatever, uh, and you've done nothing wrong. Of course, Kimballs would say you should have died fighting him off, so, you know, you really fucked up because you're still alive. Uh, you know, that's their little rape doctrine. Um, but you should you should ask him for forgiveness. I mean, should you do it like right after he rapes you? Should you wait for a while to heal physically and psychologically, maybe get some counseling and then go ask him to forgive you? Or should you just do it right on the spot, you know? Say, um, oh, please forgive me, and then shake his hand and send him on his way? Uh, you know, I, I mean, what kind of sick, twisted shit is this? I mean, I, I can't even relate to it. It's so It's so... Sick. I can't believe I missed this talk back when I was a member. If I had heard this, I would have been gone.
1: That effort will assuredly bring you peace. Oh, yeah. And will likely begin the healing of serious misunderstandings.
5: Misunderstandings? Um, Oh, wait. uh, It's not a crime. It's an addiction. Now it's just like a misunderstanding. I mean, he, he went from misunderstanding to... Uh, you know, an addiction later, in 2010, or 8, whenever it was. Anyway, he gave several talks like this. Uh, But uh, that's amazing. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, there must have been a misunderstanding when I raped you. Oh, I'm sorry, wait, wait. There must have been a misunderstanding when I let you rape me. I'm sorry, it must not have been a rape. Yeah, it was just a misunderstanding. Will you forgive me? For letting you rape me, will you will you forgive me? I mean, people wonder why I'm so passionate, why I get so fired up on this, how can you not? I mean, if you have like a, a soul in your body or you have a, an ounce of compassion or feeling or you know, I mean, please understand what this this guy is saying. I mean, this guy's an animal, you know I mean. Serious misunderstandings. Wow. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I seriously misunderstood that you raped my child. Even though you admitted it and you went to, you went to prison for it, uh, it was just a very serious misunderstanding. I mean, this motherfucker is sick. Richard G. Scott, what did this guy do in his life? I want to know, man. Anybody got any dirt on this motherfucker and what he did? I mean, to, to, to give these kind of talks... I mean, there's got to be some serious shit in your past. And everything that he talked about was always sexual. Pretty much every talk he gave. And and to be honest, that's why I liked him uh, for most of my life because he would talk about you know like uh, making, having, uh, you know, breaking the law of chastity and having you know sexual sins and that type of thing. Because I was always you know in denial in the closet about my masturbation ever since I was 12, and I realized it was none of their business, but I still felt guilty. So his talks used to give me hope. Not these talks, but the ones where he would be like, if you, you know, have sexual problems, you can repent. And so it would give me hope, but I never, I never went to a leader about it. I just decided to do it between me and God, you know. Anyway, let's continue.
1: Are you free of serious sin yourself?
5: Oh, the person Don't
1: suffer needlessly the consequences of others' sins <laughs> as a wife, husband, parent, or loved one.
5: So now he's insinuating again that the victim, you, know, has uh, sins in their past. You know uh, it almost It almost sounds like the McKenna Denson' situation, like like, you know, don't suffer because of other sins. do you have sins? And so let's start looking at the victim now. And in and, and the very end of this, he'll talk about sexual abuse. I mean, that, this is again what he's... He's always talking about sexual abuse. So uh, that's what you'll hear.
1: You can feel compassion for one who's in the gall of bitter sin, bitterness for sin
5: From of sin another.
1: Himself. You should not take upon yourself the feeling of responsibility for those acts. Oh, thank you. When you've done what is reasonable to help one you love... Lay the burden at the feet of the Savior.
5: Oh, not the police. He has
1: invited you to do that so that you can be free from pointless worry and depression as you so act.
5: Don't you love it? They're literally telling you that you're going to be depressed. I mean, someone abused you, you know, so don't go to the police, don't go to law enforcement. Lay it at the feet of the Savior. Keep it internal in the church, keep it inside. You know, and, and then, uh, you know, you can, uh, he has invited you to do that so that you can be free from pointless worry and depression. I mean, what did Kimballs teach? If you masturbate, if you pet, if you fornicate, you know, any type of sexual behavior outside of marriage, oral sex in marriage, well, guess what? That will make you depressed, and it's the building blocks of suicide. I mean, Spencer W. Kimballs taught that if you jerk off, you're going to want to kill yourself. If you're gay, you're going to want to kill yourself. I mean, this is a fucking doctrine from a prophet of the Mormon cult. I mean, that's a fact. It's on LDS.org. Look it up. I mean, I've shared it many times. It's on my blog, my Mormon Truth blog. Look it up, you know, mormontruth.blogspot.com. Look up uh, Kimball's and Building Blocks of Suicide. It'll come right up. I mean, it's incredible. And then he's saying, lay it at the Savior's feet, so... You can be free from the pointless worry and depression. Pointless worry? Like your kid got raped or you got raped? You have reason to worry. I mean, how about, uh, you know, maybe you should get an HIV test, uh, you know, an STD test. um, I mean, all kinds of shit could happen. You know, if you're a woman, maybe you might get pregnant. You know, I mean, some women want to do the morning after pill or something. uh, I mean, there's all kinds of things to talk about. But again, they don't care. They don't care about women, especially. Like, I always talk about the two sisters in South Africa who were gang-raped for hours. The one was shot in the stomach. They were held at knife point while they raped him. And the first thing the mission president said is once they heal physically, they will continue their missions. You know, they're in one of the rape and murder and HIV capitals of the world. And there wasn't any consideration for their mental health. As soon as they heal physically, we're going to put them right back on the same fucking streets where they got gang raped and the one got shot. We're going to put them right back out there. Because we don't give a fuck about women. We don't give a fuck about women that are raped. I mean, this is is just beyond even comprehension. It really is. And how they've gotten away with this? Oh, with their soft-spoken voices and their... I mean, I don't get it, man, but that's why I'm going to keep pounding this fucking drum for as long as I can to expose them every chance I get for their horrific nature and for what they're truly all about, what the core of Mormonism is. This is it. This is it. You can't get past this. If you're out there doubting right now, this should be all you need to get the fuck out right now. Leave. You cannot support a church. I mean, I I can't believe more people don't talk about this. But you cannot support a church that is more sympathetic with the perpetrator, the, the rapist, the child sex offender, the, the child sex abuser, the child rapist. How could you be a part of an organization that is more sympathetic to them than to the child or the victim? You just can't. If you are, then you have no, you have no morality, you have no decency, and you're as big of a piece of shit as they are. I'm sorry, but you are. I mean it's the truth okay i mean there's a reason why i mark this show explicit first of all a lot of the topics i have to talk about regarding the church even using their own words are considered explicit and then my response and my emotions and response to these horrible things are explicit so again this is explicit if you if you see that and then you're offended by it uh you shouldn't be listening but i i, I warn everybody you know This show is not for kids. It's marked explicit. So if you're a kid out there and you're listening, I hope I'm not offending you, but you shouldn't be listening unless you can handle it. And if your parents are letting you listen to it, then that's on them. Um, You know, there's nothing I can do about that. I do my show, I mark it accordingly, and we go forward. All right, so let's continue with this horrific audio.
1: Not only will you find peace... But will demonstrate your faith in the power of the Savior to lift the burden of sin Listen to this sick from a loved one. How he talks through his repentance and obedience. Now to you who've been scarred by the ugly sin of abuse—mental, physical, or sexual abuse—can cause serious, enduring consequences.
5: He's a good actor. Unless I mean, his voice is cracking. He's almost acting like he's crying. He doesn't give two fucks about the victim. He's crying for the perpetrator, as we already heard in the previous audio I played. He's worried about the perpetrator, not the victims. Now, now, I mean, now to you have been scarred by the ugly sin of abuse. I mean, give me a break. You didn't give a damn about these people. By the way, there's a link between uh, Richard G. Scott and Mickelson. Uh, I believe that uh, he was a son-in-law of Mickelson. And Mickelson was accused uh, a year or so ago of uh, sexually abusing his grandchildren. And he claimed that the one daughter that sat on his lap when she was like five or six, I think five, that she was uh, trying to turn him on. You know, that she was... uh, basically, um, you know, leading him on, like, you know, like she was a prostitute or something. So there's definitely a connection here. And I haven't, again, I was going to have uh, the guy on the show that, that put out that video and stuff, like, but I never did. Uh, but, you know, maybe I had to consider having him on. and We can talk more about this connection between Richard G. Scott and Glenn L. Mickelson. A lot of people said that it was, uh, they didn't believe him and everything, but I don't know it's a pretty credible story you know maybe people did not like the method or the way you went about bringing it out or whatever but it, you know if the facts are the facts it doesn't change the facts so maybe we ought to consider that again but uh, we're friends on Facebook so maybe I'll, uh, I'll ask him what he thinks about doing that uh, but I, I mean I would like to know more about Mickelson because he was in Area 70 in uh, Argentina I believe he was the uh, area president uh, when he came to my mission and, and what do you think this fucker did, this Mickelson, you know, I mean, if he did do these things, if he did, you know, sexually abuse his grandchildren or claim that they were trying to sexually arouse him. I mean, anyone who's sexually aroused by a five-year-old sitting on your lap, you're a sick, demented fuck. You're a pedophile. Period. So if that happened, he's a pedophile. Uh, but he came to my mission. I've told the story many times. And, and he, like, I mean, he let us have it for about two hours. He pounded the shit out of us about how worthless we were, we weren't baptizing. But before he did that, he went around the entire room, and we had, I think we had the entire mission there. I think everybody came. If there was some that weren't there, they were further away, but I'm pretty sure everybody came. But he went around, he shook everybody's hand in the room, and, and then he said that, uh, you know, when he got up to talk, uh, he, he shook our hand and we, you know, said who we were, He said that he was going around so that he could check everybody's light. And apparently he used this many times. It was one of his parlor tricks. And others have used it as well. So apparently it's a parlor trick that's been taught by the hierarchy to intimidate the missionaries, to put the missionaries in fear, to make us believe that he can actually see right through us and see into our souls. You know, he knew who the masturbators were and who they weren't. But he got up and said that he shook everyone's hand, that he could see our light. That some had very bright lights, and some had very dim lights, and some hardly had any light at all, if any, at all. And that we knew who we were. So again, I mean, they're just throwing it back on us. And I'm sitting there thinking, shit, you know, I masturbated like two weeks ago. I mean, fuck. He knows it. He knows I masturbated, you know. Uh, but they didn't know shit. And it was just done to, to intimidate us and put fear into us. And so it'd be interesting to know more about him. I Apparently he knows all about him, so I'd like to... I mean, I'd like to have him come on and just talk about Mickelson. You know, Lynn, oh yeah, Lynn Mickelson. And he's now, uh, he's uh, retired, a retired 70-year emeritus status. Thankfully, thankfully, yes. All right, so let's continue here uh, with this. Uh, but again, um, he's. I mean, what he's talking about here is, uh, you know, that the basically... Uh, you know these enduring consequences cannot be uh, healed except by the Lord so you can't get over it yourself and I think he even mentions in here not to go to counseling or too much counseling you don't need it all you need is the church anyway I think he does say that here at some point
1: healed by the Lord
5: by the Lord. They may
1: include fear, depression, guilt, yeah, self-hatred, out. and a deepening lack of trust in others. For good reason, that becomes a barrier to healing.
5: See, they want to make sure that you don't yeah. lose trust. You know, if the bishop rapes you or the bishop rapes your children, they want to make sure that you still believe in the church. They want to make sure that you don't uh, begin to mistrust your leaders, right? I mean, they they want to make sure that everything's still okay. You know, okay, we want to make sure. I mean, we know that you might be going through fear, depression, guilt, self-hatred uh, for allowing your child to meet with the bishop, uh, a deepening lack of trust in others, it becomes a barrier to healing. You know, but, but we, are you okay? You're okay, though? We don't want you to have a lack of trust. You know, the next bishop, he won't rape you or your children, we promise. The other one did, but that was just a fluke, you know? Oh, wait, and then there was another fluke over here and another fluke over there, and a sexy Montana gentleman, state president in Montana, trying to rape a kid in Boise, but the cops were there. You know, that's who they they were pretending to be the kid. But, you know, but don't worry, man. Don't have lack of trust. Continue trusting blindly. All your leaders, let your children meet with them behind closed doors. You can come in with them now, but you don't need to. It's all good, you know? I mean, this is incredible. Anyway, let's continue.
1: Abuse results from another's unrighteous attack on your moral agency against your will.
5: You know, and that's another problem, right? So you've got this, uh, this whole free agency thing that they, they talk about it nonstop. Free agency, free agency, free agency. And I've gotten into it with one of my best friends over the years. We've talked about it. But the, the thing that I've come up with to counter that is, if wh- I mean, why do the bad guys, the child sex abusers or the sex abusers or the rapists or the criminals, whoever it may be, why is it that they have the freedom... The free agency, as the church would say, to commit crimes and in the process take away your free agency. Why is it that their free agency to do bad is more important than your free agency not to be violated? I mean, that's a good question, right? I mean, it makes your brain freeze up if you're a believer because you're like, uh, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, uh, why would my agency be worth less than a criminal's? Hmm. Good. Good point. Right. And so, uh, I mean, he says your abuse results from another's unrighteous attack on your moral agency against your will. That's right. But why is that allowed to happen? Because they have free agency to attack you, but you don't have free agency not to be attacked. That's a major flaw in their little fucking plan. Um. So then again, then they say, well, that's why there's Christ. You know. So. So in other words, the bad guys have the free agency to take away your free agency, not to be raped, and the free, and they can rape you. But the good thing is Christ died for you, so that you know you can uh, what be forgiven of being raped. Um, actually, Christ died so the rapist can be forgiven. But the church is going to teach you that you need the atonement, even if you were raped. That you, like you need to be forgiven. Um, I don't know if that's in this paragraph, but there's another talk where he talks about how if you've been abused that you need to be forgiven for your sins as well and it just goes on and on folks here we go
1: injustice the lord has provided a way for you to overcome the destructive consequences of abuse How about
5: preventing it in the first
1: place that relief can begin with a counsel of parents, oh, priesthood leaders, oh, and yeah. when needed.
5: Even the The help you. of competent
1: professionals.
5: Living in a perfect Yet world. you
1: right? need not experience a lifetime of counseling. Complete healing will come through your faith in Jesus Christ.
5: Did you hear that? You don't need a lifetime of counseling because complete healing will come through your faith in Christ. Oh, let me, I guess I'll let him finish the sentence
1: and his power and capacity through his atonement to heal the scars of that which is unjust and undeserved.
5: So my question is, why would Christ knowingly allow you to, say, be raped or sexually abused and then say, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and let that happen, but then I'm going to die for you. And I'm going to atone for, I'm going to go into the garden and bleed from every pore. Then I'm going to hang from a cross um, so that I can help you heal the scars of that which is just unjust and undeserved. How about prevent it to begin with? I mean, wouldn't that be a better plan? Like we're going to, I mean, wait, that was Satan's plan. Oh, we rejected that. You know, I'm going to send you down to earth and I'm going to make sure that you all come back and that you're happy and protected and safe. And he's the bad guy? But the good guy is Christ, who says, I'm going to send you down to earth so that you can be uh, you know, beaten, enslaved, killed, raped, uh, dismembered, you know, your children killed, kidnapped, beaten, uh, struck with diseases, cancer, you know, all manner of affliction, <laughs> you know, as the church would say. Um, and But the good news is, you're going to suffer like hell, man, but then I'm going to die for you. And then you can accept me and be forgiven for all your sins. I mean, it doesn't take away your pain, you know. And then, but the good news is too that if you don't accept me, say you're born in a country that doesn't believe in Christ, and you don't accept me ever, then I'm just going to burn your ass in hell for all eternity. What do you think, guys? We're like, fuck yeah, you know? All the hands go up. I mean, and one third are like, Gee- fuck no, Jesus. We're not going to do that. We're going to follow Satan. But Satan's the bad guy, you know, and he wanted everyone to be happy. Wow. I mean, there's something very twisted here, right? Something something got messed up. Anyway, I mean, you know, again, uh, it it, it just seems like, like, why would a person burn your house to the ground and then rebuild it for you? Wouldn't it be better just not to burn it? You know, why would a person destroy your car with a sledgehammer and then buy you a new one? Uh, Why? I mean, it's like, well, I got all the power and the money and I can do that. And so I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of. Okay, well, take care of me by not letting it happen in the first place. Like, don't destroy my car with a sledgehammer. Don't burn my house to the ground. And then we won't have to worry about anything else. Oh, that's true. But wait a minute, that makes too much sense. Too logical. Sorry, I can't go there. I mean, it just... It, religion is such a mindfuck. It really is. And that's why I don't believe in any of it. So, I mean, I can't, I can't logically with my common sense, get around any of it. I mean, there's too many uh, illogical things, you know? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. All right, here we go. And, oh, and by the way, God is all-powerful, but He's powerless. You know, he's, he's got all the power in the world. He can build planets and, and galaxies and stars and, you know, create us, but He can't stop you from being raped or beaten, ever. Um, but a human being can. Like, if somebody finds out, or they they see it happening, they can call the police, they can intervene themselves. So a human being without the power of God can intervene and protect you and save you from possibly being raped and beaten, but God can't. God just watches and says, well, I died for you, so you're good. You're all good. Oh, but wait, you didn't accept me. Ah, you're fucked. I mean, it's just unbelievable, man. All right, here we go. You may
1: find it hard to believe in your current feelings. I have witnessed how the Savior has healed aggravated cases of abuse that way. Ponder oh, he's
5: the power that, huh? of the
1: Atonement. Pray to understand how it can heal you. Seek the aid of your bishop so the Lord can free you of a burden you did not originate.
5: I mean, what is that? Seek the aid of your bishop? I mean, he may be the one that raped you and gave you the burden so that the Lord can free you of a burden you did not originate. Again, he's insinuating that, you know, you're, you believe that you're at fault. It's your fault that you were raped, for example, or that you let your child be raped. Um, but, I mean, how, and how is the bishop going to relieve you of that? Uh, I mean, say, don't worry about it? I mean, how is a bishop that that raped you going to say, uh, "Hey, don't worry about it. You know, let's keep this quiet. You know, um, don't tell anybody. Okay? If you do, I'll destroy you. I mean, what did Joseph Smith used to? He used to tell the women, you know, if you don't marry me, I will destroy your reputation. I will tell the whole town what a slut and whore you are, and that you came on to me. And I, I mean, this is a tradition in Mormonism, you know. So. And again, you know, how are you going to seek the aid of a bishop or state president when they're the ones that might be directly involved in your sexual abuse? I mean, why don't we give an example? If your bishop is the one that raped you, or your state president raped you, then you need to um, come see this person, or, or you need to go straight to the police. You know, they're never going to tell you that. They, they pretend like it's a you know, utopian world and everything's perfect, and you know, none of that would ever happen. All right, a little bit left here.
1: In closing, thank God. If you felt impressions to be free of burdens caused by yourself or others, mm-hmm. those promptings are an invitation from the Redeemer. Act upon them
5: now. That's sick. Fuck. He loves
1: you. He gave His life that you may be free of needless burden.
5: He loves you, but he lets you be abused, and he didn't prevent it when he could have. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows the whole future. He knows every single bad thing that's ever going to happen to you and doesn't do a fucking thing to prevent it or stop it. But he loves you. He loves you. You know, He gave his life for you. Not so that you could not be abused, but so that you could be abused and then forgiven of the abuse and so that you can go and ask the person that abused you to forgive you for letting them abuse you. Yeah, a real mind fuck, isn't it? I mean, it's hard to follow, but... That's what he's saying.
1: He will help you do it. I know that he has the power to heal you.
5: You know that, huh? Begin now.
1: In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
5: Oh, God. And then everybody puked in a, and puked on the floor when he said that. They should have, at least. I mean, everyone's like, amen. Oh, God, yes. Amen. Amen. So, anyway, that's all I got, folks. That's all I can bear right now. That's all I can really handle, but I just really wanted to thoroughly go over this. Uh, It's been a while since I've done a show uh, this thorough about sex abuse in the church, and I think this might be my most thorough show I've ever done on it, with the clips that I played, including the judge and... Talking about McKenna Denson and her sex abuse, and and then of course closing it out and, and sealing the show with the talks given by uh, an apostle of the Lord, Richard G. Scott. So um, yeah, I think the heavens rejoiced the day he died. I mean, the guy was a despicable piece of human trash. So with that being said, I'm gonna wrap it up. Uh, we got one more show for the week to go and. Uh, I have a great show planned for Monday morning for you guys. Make sure you tune in. You're going to love it. We're going to talk about uh, if these guys have ever seen Christ. And it's a really uh, good question, and it's going to be a great show. And uh, I will, again, supply the evidence to support my opinion on it. So, anyway, uh, I just want to thank everyone again for uh, tuning in to the show. I really, really appreciate it. you know, there's so much to talk about, so much to discuss. And we're just going to keep at it, you know. We're just going to keep going and make sure that we cover everything that needs to be covered. And we'll just, you know, it's going to take time, but we'll just keep going and going and going. So, uh, anyway, I uh, I want to end with a song tonight that I think is really, really appropriate. And it's basically, uh, you know, a song talking about the cult, you know, and how you... Uh, you know, basically, you can break free of the cult, and this is for everyone who's still on the fence or hanging in there. You don't need to, man. You can break free now. I understand if you got your whole family at stake and your kids, and I mean, it's a it's a complicated pile of shit to navigate through, and I understand that. But I'm just saying, when the time comes, and if you're able, do it. There are people here for you. Uh, there are you know some assholes in the ex-Mormon community but there are a lot of really good people in the ex-Mormon community you got to be careful who you trust don't give out personal information to people that you don't really know and trust because they can turn on you in a heartbeat I have found that out over the years so uh, be cautious be careful but you know you you can find friends in the ex-Mormon community and you can always uh, you know you can call this show you can call my show number the you know the one that uh, I give out every night. You can leave up to 10 minute messages as many as you want. You know the 43536xmo5. You can email me. I'll be here for you. I would never give out your information. Um, you know you can talk to me. Uh, so anyway, just uh, you know hang in there. But this song is entitled "Break Free" and I, I love it. Um, it's by uh, let's see here. Yeah, I Love Shadow. I'm going to, on all the posts, I'm going to put the, the music, Then you know, I'm going to give credit to the artists and put down the name of the song and the artist and everything so you guys can check it out. But uh, again, know that you can break free. You're not stuck in this church forever. Hopefully you can get your wife and kids to come with you. If you can't at some point, you, you know, and you can't take it anymore, you just got to break free. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but it's, it's really hard. I mean, I was very, very lucky, very fortunate. You know, I would use the term blessed, but it's more lucky uh, that my wife came with me, my parents came with me, and that's it, folks. I mean, I lost virtually every friend. I've got, you know, one that's, uh, you know, coming around these days. uh, But I've lost basically every friend, every brother, every sister, every niece, every nephew, gone. We haven't spoken in 13 years, and I'm better for it. I don't need that shit in my life. And so, it, but it takes a while to, to realize that, but I'm not gonna lie and say it's easy. And I'm not gonna pretend that there aren't days where it's sad and depressing, but I'd rather be living the truth than living a lie. Um, but if I had lost my wife and my parents and everybody, uh, I don't think I could I have done that. So um, if, if that's your case, please reach out, you know, find friends, make friends. So you're not alone. I don't want anyone to be alone. Um, those of us that have immediate family or a spouse that came with us, it's a blessing, and you know we are very lucky. Um, but uh, just know that there are people out there for you, and there are lines that you can call. You know, there's 800 numbers and where people can talk to you. So don't just don't give up, okay? Just don't give up. All right. Uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and play this and call it a night. And uh, Thank you guys for uh, all your support over these years, and we're coming up on three years of the show in November, and it's exciting. So we're back, and thanks again for everything. Stay strong, and remember, you can break free. Take care, everyone.
3: You think you know me, but you're blinded by your raging emotion. You think you own me after all these years of sweat and devotion. But now I'm gonna break free. Yes, I'm gonna break free of the struggle. Hold your head on me. I'm gonna break free. I know you think that you've got me in the place that you want me. I know you think that you can take me now for all that I've got. (laughs) But now I'm gonna break free. Yes, I'm gonna break free of the strength hold your head on me. I'm gonna break free. Yes, I'm gonna break free Yes, I'm gonna break free Have the strength, I'll hold your head on, me. I'm gonna break free I've had enough of crying I'm feeling like I'm dying I'm sick and tired of trying Cause all you do is bring me down, down, down I've had enough Down, down just like a phoenix rising, i spread my wings and fly it. i leave the ground behind me, and nothing now can bring me down, down, down. I've had enough. You're down, down, down. I've had enough. I've had enough. You treat me like a slave and think that I am there just to serve you. You think I have no right to live my life the way I deserve to. So I'm going to break free. Yes, I'm going to break free of the strength. Hold your head on me. I'm going to break free. So I've had enough of crying, I'm feeling like I'm dying, I'm sick and tired of trying, cause all you do is bring me down, 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 I've had enough, down, 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 I've had enough, I'm like a phoenix rising, i spread my wings and fly it, I'll leave the ground behind me, and nothing that can bring me down, 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 I've had enough, Be down, down. Yes, I'm gonna break free of the struggle, hold your head on me I'm gonna break free and now I'm gonna break free Yes, I'm gonna break free of the struggle, hold your head on me I'm gonna break free